Welcome to Pool Party Radio. This is the number one podcast for that scene in The Last Jedi where Luke sucks that walrus's dick. I'm your host, Parker, joined as always by co-host Jason Cumulus the Razor Man. Oh, hey, Parker. How are you doing? Did you see that scene in The Last Jedi where Luke sucks that dick? Hell no. I'm not going to see some stupid Star Wars. Are you kidding me? Although that scene sounds exciting. Was that directed by Kevin Smith or something? Yeah, there's like just a really weird scene where uh, Luke gets high and sucks a walrus's dick. And then that farts. must be like the the weird surprise scene that everybody was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. They took that. That's the only thing that they've uh, taken from the original uh, trilogy, despite everybody's valuable time. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from that, I mean, they've also well, taken that part too from the trilogy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and everyone's dignity. Who was a part of that original trilogy? <laughs> that took that. So you saw the movie then? Yeah, it's no good. Everyone's right. Right. All right. Cool. I'm, I'm have gl- you seen the Disaster Artist? I have. Yeah. That movie is dope as fuck. That's a good movie. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah. I could do without um, Seth Rogen though. Seth Rogen could get out of there. But I like that he's kind of a vile character in it. Like, yeah. ultimately, he's good. Everybody's kind of a conflicting character. But Seth Rogen is this guy who's, like, talking shit behind people's backs and and gets he lies about it until he gets caught. And then he's kind of beside himself. Just I like, dig that. It was a different role for him. Yeah, but a, very true to his, uh, his real self, I feel. He's been talking a lot of shit about me behind my back. Really? Yeah, so I'm yes. glad that this movie kind of addresses that. Hmm. Would you say Disaster Artist is kind of the pool party radio story then? Like, if it weren't The Room, like, you'd be Tommy Wiseau and I'd be Greg? Yeah. Th- yeah. I I definitely think that that is accurate. It would explain why I'm always, like, trying to hump your belly button. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and also, like, why you keep firing producers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is accurate. Uh, it's very, It's pretty similar. Also, yeah. the scene where, like, he is trying to do the I did not hit her, I did not, like... That's me trying to stumble my way through an intro, like the first 150 episodes. No, that's only when we have something scripted. That's yeah. <laughs> that's when you're like, I don't like this. <laughs> it's hard to do. I did not. Anyway. Oh, well, yeah. I, I like that movie a lot. It was good. Yeah, me too. Um, there's a couple of stuff that's coming out that I'm interested in seeing, which is, is unusual. In a year when like MoviePass came out and it seemed just like the biggest thing there's a ton of movies I was just not interested in seeing. Um, but I might pick it up this coming year. There's some stuff that is coming out. And you've been using it like the right way. But just like, fuck, I'm paying for it. I might as well see everything that's out there. Yeah, I've seen pretty much everything. Seen it all. Seen everything. Done everything. <laughs> Knows everything. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of knowing everything, what do you think of these, uh, knowing about these say by the Bell college years? That's a great segue. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're, we're finally doing it. This is the last episode of Pool Party Radio, number 300. And as such, we're finally finishing our run of uh, Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. We've been... Uh, yeah, it was a long time coming because the last time we did this was episode, what, 187? Something like that. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're finally finally getting to it from... I think we started on episode 10 was the first time we did a Saved by the Bell episode. And every once in a while, we would just watch a handful of episodes or an entire season. And mm-hmm. uh, same thing we do with Are You Afraid of the Dark? We did it with the first season of The Munsters. 
Uh, I always had a dream that we would do it with the MTV show Undressed, but we just ran out of time. We were too busy talking about cuckolds for the last 70 episodes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. That got real out of hand. But uh, we're back on track for this very last episode, so better late than never. Um, yeah, in another timeline, I guess Undressed is a show that we're talking about and enjoying thoroughly. I never mm-hmm. saw it, so that would have been interesting. But uh, part of our goal with these was to make sure that whatever we were reviewing got a feature-length um, motion picture. And that's happened with Are You Afraid of the Dark? So uh, we were successful there. In our hopes of finishing this one up, to say by the bell, maybe it'll get its own um, theatrical mm-hmm. release film. I'm sure it will at some point. And it got that Lifetime movie that we never talked about. Maybe we should. Maybe I'll I'll talk to those uh, junk food dinner guys. Maybe I can make a deal. Maybe we'll watch the the wedding movie and the Lifetime movie over there on the junk fod. And, yeah, uh, well, I, I'd accidentally watched the wedding movie as part of this. When you said, hey, we're finishing this up, I'm like, okay, I got it. So I just powered on through the wedding stuff, which I fast forward through a great deal of because I was really kind of down to the wire. And, oh, no. and a lot of it is honestly just like filler, like action shots, but not cool action shots. It's like them playing pool basketball. So it's a pool party. I was like, oh, that's quaint. But I was like skipping every 10 seconds. Yeah, so. I, I remember it being I haven't watched it since it originally aired. And I remember it being a lot of like scenes of people driving stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's OK. That's half the movie now. OK. Or half the wedding special. So you got that down. But in this case, we haven't even just talked about marriage yet because we're about to get wrapped up into a a psychosexual drama <laughs> of of Kelly and the anthropology teacher, uh, yeah. Professor Lasky. This. Yeah, this season. I mean, yeah, starting with this episode, things get real wild. There's a lot of uh, borderline uh, abuse of power, a lot of borderline statutory rape, a lot of stalking. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the last half, like I feel like the first half of the season was just like goofy boys will be boys. Oh, Slater uh, is having trouble with his grades. Oh, what's gonna happen? And uh, this one get like it, it starts getting weird. Like the last half of the season is weird to foreshadow the rest of this. But episode mm-hmm. 12 is called, called oh. uh, it's Teacher's Pet. If, if you don't mind me taking the reins on this one, I feel like, you know, last episode and all, I might as well do something, right? <laughs> <laughs> so picture this. It's December 7th, 1993. People were glued to their TV sets. Approximately 8.5 million people. That seems like a really high number. I don't think that's right. Anyway. I think that's right because this was back in the olden days before like the internet and cable and stuff. Like I think this show was like a total bomb. But mm-hmm. it would be like the biggest hit on TV right now if it had 8.5. But back in the day, 8.5 was nothing. Yeah, it didn't seem like much. doesn't seem like much. Um, it says, Zach falls in love with Kelly again. That's telling, right? Mm-hmm. But he realizes that she now has feelings for Professor Lasky. Meanwhile, Screech takes Professor Lasky's chimp home with him. <laughs> oh, man. And <laughs> that's a very good response. Yeah. Oh, man <laughs> is right. Um, because watching this, I figured, like, this is going to be at least halfway up Parker's Alley because 
there's a chimp in this and the chimp is acting alongside Screech and whatnot. So you have like that, uh, Lancelot link vibe going on here. Yeah, this, yeah, this is upsetting because, uh, in true pool party fashion, I didn't get to watch this episode. I watched the rest of them, but this one, whoa, whoa, whoa. you can, you don't have to pull back the entire curtain. This is a <laughs> part one of a two part story arc. This was the only time I was going to ask for your input on any of it. <laughs> you, were, you were just going to talk about the rest by yourself after this. Yeah. Episode? Like so. So I thought this was weird that Kelly kind of thrust herself onto the Professor Lasky's life, uh, starting with a crush and then feeling as though she's entitled to be a a standing mother figure for his daughter, Abby, this six year old weakling, frankly, whom (laughs) he can't like take care of on his own. He attempts to braid her hair when Kelly's in the office. And by the way, like we never actually see Lasky's apartment when he's like, oh, can you take care of my daughter this evening? She's like, yeah, sure. It's like, all right, I'll see you at uh, my place. And there's like this heavy pause. And she's like, "Uh, your apartment? He's like, no, my office. By the way, no professor ever refers to their place as their fucking office. Like those aren't. (laughs) That's not a stand-in word. Anyway, he's trying to braid his daughter's hair at his daughter's request. And he proceeds to just, like, make shift a bun out of the top of her head and puts a hat over it. Like a failure. I can't understand (laughs) why he was so... Why he's so incompetent at this when he's, like, traveled the world. He's seen everything. He's done everything. (laughs) Experienced so many cultures. And then he's like, oh, what? parenting oh, i'll give it a shot nope fucked it up here's a hat talk to this young lady this this uh young woman who could easily be your mother i guess and that's what he kind of wraps her into as like kelly finally fixes this poor child's this frail young thing's head she goes over and she's like, well, as long as we're playing house how about i fix your tie and puts a tie on him he's like wow it's like we're a happy family and it's just the creepiest <laughs> shit yeah uh this is yeah. insane like i'm i'm br- deeply regretful that i missed this episode like i didn't know that lasky had a kid because she never pops back up mm. um and also it's weird that this is how their relationship starts with uh family role play situations yeah it's super weird man and even strangers like they're having this tea party and you only realize like halfway through, hey, this kid is in her pajamas at the fucking campus. Like, he was not joking. His place <laughs> is his office, I guess. Because I'm uh, supposing that like the couch folds out into a futon or there's some like hideaway bed. Because that kid is ready to go to sleep in his office. <laughs> that's where that's where she's watching this kid. It's it's surreal. Yeah, well, outside of the fact that, like, I'm just sure that they could not afford to build another set for this show. Like, uh, there's another episode coming up where I was wondering where the fuck Professor Lasky lives because there's the, the gang throws a party later on, and Professor Lasky shows up to the party in his like robe and sleeping bonnet to break it up. I'm telling you, he sleeps on the fucking campus. He sleeps in his office. Uh, he yeah. is not a fit teacher. That kid is going to contract legionnaire's disease at some point in your life <laughs> they gotta take this kid away 
She's being abused. Yeah, just by virtue of being raised by this complete failure of a person. Um, yeah, he, he sleeps there. He apparently eats there. There's a there's a hot plate in his office where he's like making <laughs> there's a there's a pot of coffee on one and an open burner on the other. This guy is just making soup in his office. He lives there. Man, I all his clothes are there. He's got ties hanging up. It all makes sense now. This guy is just a creepy weirdo who <laughs> lives in his office. This is a a very deep statement about the the situation uh, with salaries of teachers in public schools. Or just this guy in his complete ineptitude. I knew a person who slept in his office when I was a TA. And uh, yeah. yeah, God forbid. Like, none of us had to, right? It's it's rough, but it's not that rough. Yeah. So one time when I worked at a newspaper, I lived like 20 minutes away and I considered sleeping upstairs in one of the storerooms just because I, like, I got off work at like two in the morning and I had to be back at like eight or something. And I thought about just mm-hmm. leaving there, but I was like, no, nah, that's weird. That's like the weirdest thing. Oh, we all thing. think about it, Parker. But we don't <laughs> act on it. Nope. That was some amount of dignity. We don't subject our children to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, get ready for bed. Well, we're not home yet. Yes, you are. This is your home now. <laughs> ah, well, what about this stuff about Screech? Why does, A, an anthropology teacher have a chimp? And why does Screech take it home? Very good questions. To answer A, I don't know. This isn't some actual university that would allow this insanity. Where they're like, yeah, here's a completely inept teacher who sleeps in his office. Give him a chimp. And then that completely inept teacher's like, ah, Screech, you lock the chimp up in the cage. I got to get out of here. And that's how it happens. And Screech develops a bond with this chimp named Lucy Mm -hmm. where he's able to sign, I love Lucy because of the show. Oh, that's sweet. Good for a laugh. Yeah. But then he commits kidnapping of a chimp and takes this chimp back to wherever he decides to go. Um, He walks around campus with it. Apparently, this is not a top tier campus because no student finds this out of place. Or it's just extremely, (laughs) extremely progressive and liberal. And they're just like, oh, yeah, this is great. Chimps on campus. Good for that chimp. Mm hmm. That chimp identifies as a human. It's perfectly normal for him to be here. Perfectly natural. Yeah, that could be the case. But to be alongside Screech, that's uncalled for. Mm-hmm. You have to draw a line somewhere. And Screech is that line. A walking line of good taste. And yeah, somebody should have rescued that chimp earlier. But he walks around campus with it. And everyone's like, where's that chimp? Where did it go? He's with Screech. Everyone's seen it. It's frustrating. And it's not until um, the RA, Mike, Mike, who's played by, oh, what's the guy's name? Bob Golick, the professional football player. Thank you. I was like, I'm not going to forget this guy's name because it's very memorable, but Bob Golick. Yeah, I forgot the name. He's the one who finally stumbles upon this when they try to dress up the chimp. Obviously, they're going to put clothes on this fucking animal uh, because it's a monkey in a TV show. Mm-hmm. And they try to pass it off as Lasky's daughter, which probably was would have been a successful ploy because they're like, oh, you mean like the terrible professor's daughter? Yeah, of course, she's filled with hair. <laughs> yeah. And she's cannot co- talk. She's covered in parasites. Yeah. So, yeah, 
Mike finds out that Screech has been harboring this thing. Lasky shows up also. And the entire episode, Zach is confronting Lasky about his shitty behavior. Lo and behold, Zach is the voice of reason in this one. And Kelly's doing all she can to get with Lasky. She drops the class to avoid any sort of uh, student-teacher conflict. So at the end of it, Lasky approaches her one-on-one in her dorm room and says, like, we can't do this. There's too much at stake here. It's We're breaking all these school rules, and I'm not that interested in this. And she's like, well, you haven't given me a shot yet. It's like, well, you are a very attractive woman. Any person on campus here would kill to be with you. And then they plan a kiss on each other. And Zach pops his head in at that moment. And to be continued. So that leads us to episode 13. Yeah. Would you like to read the plot summary of this one? Sure. Kelly and the Professor. Out of jealousy, Zach tells everyone that Kelly and Professor Lasky are in a relationship. Meanwhile, the rest of the gang takes a relationship test to see who is compatible, with the results being Screech and Alex and Leslie and Slater. I didn't even remember that Slater and Alex were together because it's like such a non-issue throughout this entire Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, But yeah, this is early on in this episode. Zach tells... Kelly, she, he's like, uh, you you can't date Professor Lasky. He's thirty two. He's ancient. And then I, yeah, I, I felt that one right in the <laughs> fucking gut. I crumbled into dust and yeah, blew I, away I, in the wind. Yeah, I I saw myself evaporate and blow away. It was the it was just like that time uh, that my friend uh, said, "What the hell is a scary ball?" When I told her I needed to buy Mad Balls. A scary uh, ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so this episode is wild. Uh, Zach is real upset. He says in front of everybody, in front of the entire class, hey, you can't be putting it in uh, Kelly, you creep. And then... <laughs> and then He's the, really direct with that that sexual reference. I know, it's really weird. Um, and yeah, he's like just like a total creep. Like this whole... Like I guess the last episode is the first time that Zach falls back in love with Kelly. I don't remember it happening... In the first batch of these episodes, like I thought that you like they were just buddies and stuff. So this sets in motion a whole series of like of uh, creepiness. And as as dudes, I'm sure we've all been there. We're like, uh, like uh, you're ignoring this lady and then she has a boyfriend. Now, all of a sudden you're in love with her. Like, I feel like that's Zach's entire M.O. like throughout life. Like he just gets everything he ever wants. So <laughs> the one time that uh he can't have something even when it's something he doesn't want like he just flips out and loses his entire shit as we'll see in the upcoming episodes Mm -hmm. uh he's a real creep uh yeah he's the worst (laughs) and in this one what makes it even worse is that yeah he exposes the relationship in front of everyone only after kelly asks him very kindly since he's decided to like pop his head in Dude never knocks. I'm going to let you in on the secret here. <laughs> never knocks. You'll notice everybody else does. And they're like, hey, are you in there? Can I can I come in? And he's like, yeah, of course. That's fine. And then in his case, he's like, I'm just going to creep up in here. And what the fuck did I just look at? This is my <laughs> secret now. 
And he does that to her and Lasky. And she calls him on it. It's like, well, since you decide to like spy on us, can you at least keep this a secret? It's like, yeah, okay. He doesn't. <laughs> Immediately he tells. Yes. It's absurd. Uh, and then later, they go to a costume party where uh, Lasky and Kelly go together. Lasky's dressed as Zorro. Zach finds out that this is happening beforehand, so he also dresses as Zorro so he can attempt uh, unconsensual, non-consensual sex with A Kelly. revenge of the nerds with her, if you would. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I forgot that that's the legal thing that it's called. Yeah, they call it the uh, revenge of the nerds accusation or uh, conviction. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, he only kisses her, but still, it's a, a real creep move. And Lasky sees this. He gets all upset. He starts brooding on a balcony like a real Zorro. Yeah, real Zorro behavior. And he, yeah, he plays the costume better than Zach can. Yeah, and. Then him and Kelly break up. He's like so super nice about it. He's like, I just can't do this. You're very young. You're kissing Zach over here. And <laughs> she pushes him off of a fucking balcony in an attempted murder. <laughs> See, I, I, I think that's the turnaround when we find out that Kelly is indeed more like Zach than we had thought. Or at least she comes around to being more psychopathic. Yeah. To get along with Zach's own psychopathic behavior. Because when Zach is caught... When he reveals himself, Kelly's like, Zach, I thought you were Lasky. And he's like, but you felt something during that, didn't you? That kiss, you can't deny it. It's like, yeah, because she thought she was kissing the guy she was dating. <laughs> I know. You think it's just like lip magic? You gross weirdo. Also, to go along with his like deceitful, odd behavior in the previous episode, failed to mention this, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to go break into Lasky's place and catch the two of them dating the act it's like what are you doing you psychopath you are a criminal <laughs> and he tells this to slater and slater just like shrugs it off like that sounds like a bad idea preppy <laughs> fuck you guys <laughs> this show gets more and more awful uh as we go on but these two are significant like the pits episodes yeah um also that yeah like we said there's a subplot where like uh, for some reason, their resident advisor gives them all compatibility tests to see who should be with who. And like Slater, is, Slater and their other roommate, who is like really boring and doesn't have a personality, Leslie, are compatible and Screech and Alex are compatible. But that goes absolutely nowhere and nothing happens with it. So who cares? Yeah. I mean, who cares? Indeed. Like they certainly don't. They find out like, oh, we should probably be dating this person or at least getting to know them better but alex completely blows off screech because he's a weirdo frankly <laughs> yeah. but you think like if you'd had that much in common with somebody or if you found out like oh we like the same stuff you would at least give them a shot but no she doesn't do that because that would be too kind of a world <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we have episode fourteen. Then this is yeah. Called, a question of ethics. Yeah. Uh, Zach must decide what the right thing to do is after he finds a copy of the ethics midterm. This uh, is a real dumb episode. There's a Senator Bob Packwood joke, and I don't even remember why that. Oh, was there's a joke the there time. was a Joey Buttafuoco joke in the last episode. Oh, was there? Yeah, because. Even... 
Zach is being very secretive about Kelly's mystery guy. And Alex says, who's the mystery guy? Joey Buttafuoco? And that's how you can tell it's 1993. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a very... I thought this was going to be like kind of a thing uh, in the episode, but it's like sort of, I don't know. It's like very telling and very like, I, f- I feel like this is like kind of the pinnacle of everything that's happened with Saved by the Bell. But this teacher, uh, Benson, he, yeah, he, he introduced <laughs> played by Robert Gullien. Yeah. He introduces Zach to the book Machiavelli. And then like nothing happens with that. Like, I, I like, I feel like Zach is Machiavelli. Yeah. Uh, for sure. But yeah, like the, nothing like that's it. Like they just kind of like reference that and then and then never reference it again. Like I feel like they should have hammered home the fact that that's who well, Zach is. They they But maybe does go into a small sorry. Oh uh, sorry, but yeah, maybe the target audience just wouldn't have known who that is, I guess. They go into a discussion about a I think they try to associate this as Machiavellian practice. I don't know that much about Machiavelli. Aside from like his book, The Prince, but he's talking to Zach, like arguing for uh, reasoning your choices, even though they cause harm. And I think Zach does that. I think we're pretty familiar with that trait of his already. But then there's a point like, well, at the end, when Zach decidedly takes the high road by saying like, no, I didn't decide to cheat off the test that I found we're given this information to show that Zach Morris is better than Machiavelli. So (laughs) choke on that Machiavelli. Yeah. It's a slap in the face to you, Machiavelli shots fired. Your statue sucks. (laughs) Uh, There's a part in this episode where Kelly enters the room and it's like the first time that she enters the room in the episode and she gets one sad clap from an audience member. I thought that was very sad. Because uh, usually, you know, you think of like, you know, like uh, Kelly Bundy entering the room and like people, the audience just going fucking nuts for 20 minutes. But I don't know if this was like maybe the 36th take or people just didn't care, but no one clapped. Or maybe the audience member was lost <laughs> and they're like, okay, like she, the person got up from their seat at Married with Children where she was instructed, okay, when Kelly comes out, you gotta, you gotta go nuts. And then she went to the uh, Say by the Bell set instead. It's like, oh, Kelly's here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then that's all that happens in this episode. Uh, that was her uh, name, right? Kelly Bundy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there, there were two Kellys. That person was just confused all and the, lost. Yeah. All the late 80s, early 90s babes were named Kelly. I think that was mm-hmm. like a law that they passed that, that had to happen. Uh, the Screech gets a job because he fills in for Slater who is having trouble studying and he sexually harasses a lady. And then, uh, and then Mike says, Hey, take it easy lady. When the lady objects to it, he says, take it easy lady. Screech couldn't even sexually harass himself. I didn't get that joke. I don't understand that joke. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe someone, I feel like Kevin Spacey or somebody has probably used that excuse lately as well. Like take it easy. Like Louis C.K., take it easy, yeah. everyone. I can't sexually harass myself, even. Yeah, I feel like the only person to get away with that is Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as a. Uh, yeah, I don't want to imagine Screech being any degree of sexual with himself. 
So thanks for that, Mike. Yeah. Gross weirdo. Yeah, I definitely think Screech is asexual. Like I don't I don't remember there being in the first batch of episodes anything where Screech wanted to have a girlfriend or anything, and then in this I think he makes one joke about having a girlfriend. We've also never seen Screech have a boner in any of these episodes. <laughs> I feel like that yeah, that would be uh, a dead giveaway as to whether or not yeah. he is asexual or not. If we could like see his naked dick hard. <laughs> I would have liked to see that. Um, so yeah, so that episode is like basically just a high school episode where they think about cheating and then they don't cheat on the test. Big fucking what? <laughs> episode 15, The Rave. Yeah. Uh, would you like to read this summary? Absolutely. Uh, Zach throws a rave in his dorm when Mike is gone, so he can afford to take Kelly to Cancun. That's really it. That is really the entire synopsis. Yeah. Um, I would like to point out this is our first time. Well, do we see Stingray before, like the stoner surfer guy? I can't remember if he was in the earlier episodes. I don't think so. I think this is the first appearance of Stingray and uh, Dean, whatever her name is, Dean McMahon. McMahon. Yeah. Yeah, Holland Taylor plays Dean McMahon. You've probably seen Holland Taylor in other TV shows. Um, she has like a long story career in sitcoms, and uh, she looks exact. She looks and acts exactly like Margaret Thatcher. And yeah, sort of defining characteristic. I guess you could say that. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's uh, been in quite a few things, though. Like you've seen her. Yeah, she's around. You know, you know you've seen her. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they decide to throw this rave in the entire dorm room. Like they redecorate and paint the walls of every room in the entire on the entire floor, which seems like it would just be more trouble than it's worth. It looks like they're trying to recreate the groove is in the heart set. <laughs> yeah, that's what rave parties were back in these days. It's I just guess slide whistles yeah. and bodysuits. Mm-hmm. And Bootsies there. Uh, yeah, yeah, but Alex, somebody lets Alex DJ and she's doing an okay job. Granted, like she's wearing those, uh, 60s throwback shades in like the three sizes too big newsboy hat, mm-hmm. which was the style at the time, believe yeah. it or not. You would, you would put the, you would put on that three sizes too big newsboy hat and then you would clip an onion to your belt. Because that was the style, was the style at the time. Yeah. And uh, she's playing playing stuff by like DJ Muckamup or something. <laughs> yeah. Like there's some goofy name joke to go along with it. And at one point in this episode, Slater just goes off on Screech. Like it's been 18 years. Well, in Slater's case, like only what 12 years like he he showed up late remember yeah he was a new kid for a while four years four years of high school he's only known screech for four years you're right yeah just four years of high school and he already he blows up it's like fuck you screech you fuck everything up (laughs) you're an obnoxious piece of shit it's really vile that's because they had like prime time slots now Mm -hmm. and and screech becomes halfway drug dealer because some idiot named Jason, which I took offense to, by the way, <laughs> who looks and acts and talks exactly like Zach, 
except with more aggression, is like, hey, Screech, can you get us some uh, nitrous? We just watched fucking Blue Velvet and we want to beat the shit out of people like Dennis Hopper. <laughs> it's real gross. Yeah. So instead of like asking for alcohol or anything legitimate, they're like, get us a tank of nitrous. And he proceeds to do it because he's like, fuck it. Everybody hates me and I'm a loser. My name is Screech. <laughs> so <laughs> he grabs it, proceeds to give it to them. And then Slater apologizes. He's like, yeah, I was a bit hard on you because you are a goofball and you're shitty. <laughs> and then Screech is like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's, I agree with you, but I should be acting better anyway. And I should start staying up for myself. And then he decides to stand up to these goons and get the uh, nitrous back. And they're just filling up balloons at this point. Uh, but guess what? That ain't fucking nitrous. It's helium, friend. Mm-hmm. And these guys, all all I got high on were, were their voices. <laughs> were the highest voices. Even when Screech does a bad thing, he fucks it up. He's mm-hmm. no good. Uh, when they originally ask him to get the nitrous... Uh, they're like, hey man, like, do you like to get buzzed? And he's like, of course I like to get buzzed. Beekeeping is my hobby. Yeah, of course he says that. He's a fucking lunatic, this screen. A boob. Uh, um, the shittiest nerd. Yeah, and then like that's kind of all that. Like, there's a dog for some reason. Oh yeah, like a dog. Like a dog gets loose at the party and attacks a foreign exchange kid, and then Zach goes. I need to stop this from happening because, and I think he says this as the guy's name. He, I, he goes, I need to stop the, the dog from mauling this foreign exchange student because Wang Wang owes me money. Yeah. I think that was the foreign exchange student's name, which just made me obviously think of Wang Wang, the two foot tall actor from uh, Thailand or somewhere like that. So uh, I feel like it's canon now that Wang Wang is part of the Save by the Bell crew. Could be, could be. I feel like he had an entire storyline that we didn't get to see, though. But yeah. we do see the Doberman at one point because that nasty Dean, Dean McMahon, she she scoots in to do the kind of Mr. Belding, hey, 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 what's going on here routine to an empty dorm because they get wind that she's coming by and they move everything to the lecture hall set because it's the only other set they have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when Mr. Lasky comes in. And tells them, like, you can't have a party here. It's a fucking classroom. Yeah. He comes in in his robe, by the way. A flannel robe. He's like, listen, I was just upstairs sleeping in my office, um, reflecting on life. And I heard that you were having a, pep- <laughs> a, a party, a rave. Excuse me. I forgot the nomenclature. Mm-hmm. It's the 90s. There were no parties, only raves. Yeah. Also, because because it was the 90s, his flannel robe looked just like something like the other cast members were wearing. Like everyone was just wearing big baggy flannels at the time in the early 90s. Or in Slater's case, big blousey shirts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blousey silk shirts, man. Blousey button down shirts. I forgot that was like a very masculine thing to wear. Men think like Slater's wearing them at some points. Yeah. And he calls other people preppy, so you know it's got to be macho. Yeah. And he calls people girly man a lot. Stuff like that. So, you can tell he... <laughs> <laughs> he also called people like the F word, which was really weird. Yeah. Like, Look at this bag. <laughs> it was 
was a weird episode where he did that. Like it was, that was the whole subplot. It's just Slater walking around campus, uh, calling people that. Yeah, he's gross. It was a yeah. All these characters are real awful. Yeah, and then there's that episode where Screech like uh, <laughs> petitioned really hard against "Don't ask, don't tell." <laughs> he was like, "Keep these people out of my military." It's a weird thing. Yeah, uh, that show, not great. Uh, but that was the rave. Um, Mike comes back and is like, "Hey, why is my room painted black and whatnot?" Yeah, and then he gets chased by a dog for his trouble. Mm-hmm. Tough shit, Mike. Yeah. And then, like, I f- it's weird that they introduced this Dean. I mean, I guess they had to. Like, Professor Lasky was a foil for, like, the first few episodes. Like, a building-type foil. And so was Mike. But then, I don't know, I guess Pulaski can't necessarily be the foil anymore since he's like having sex with students so it's weird that there are three buildings in this season between mike lasky and the dean it seems like none of them yeah none of them as good as the original yeah too many cooks in the kitchen here yeah and last time we saw building he was one of the cooks he brought the mashed potatoes to uh thanksgiving (laughs) yeah that's right If you aren't a junk food dinner Patreon pal, here's a taste of what you've been missing out on, son. No, dude, I fucking love Saludos Amigos. That's <laughs> one of my favorites. That and the Three Caballeros, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I remember one time I found a severed hand on my street. Everyone just kind of crowded around, started pushing each other, and like, hey, hey, hey. I guess it would probably be like junior high school photos of me. Um, Rocking the vanilla ice flat top uh, with a button your fly Levi's t-shirt and overalls <laughs> with one suspender oh, down. Nice. Of course. Why would you yeah. do the other one? One time I went on a vacation to St. Louis with some girl and then we broke up like three weeks later and Missouri never even reimbursed me for the trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. There's a Ripley's oh. Believe It or Not museum though. <laughs> if you're into like looking at goofy ass mannequins of really tall dudes who've been dead for a long time. If this is nailed into the ground, I'm going to look like the biggest idiot trying to pull this out of the ground. <laughs> and then like before I could even complete that thought, I'm like, oh, I guess it wasn't nailed into the ground because it's already in my hands. And then before I can complete that thought, it's already being thrown at the car. I will only choose Corey Feldman movies on the show if Sean Byron says it's okay to do so. I don't want to make him <laughs> any more mad. Hi, Corey. So go to patreon.com slash junkfooddinner and donate a couple of bucks so you can get a lot more JFD in your life and in your heart. Welcome back to Pool Party Radio. Uh, we're going to talk about the last four episodes of uh, this of Saved by the Bell ever. Uh, and we are joined by Don and Rachel from the Beckett to the Future podcast. How are you guys doing? Great. We're fantastic now that this is mm-hmm. over. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad I don't have to watch anymore. Saved by the Bell, the college years. Oh, but would you be down for watching regular as Saved by the Bell or Saved by the Bell, the new class? Uh, Is that the uh, one that was on before? Wait a minute. Which one was the one that was on Disney? I think that was the Miss Bliss episodes. That was like prototype Saved by the Bell. So were you guys? Yeah, I'd probably watch the Miss Bliss shit because I love Haley Mills. I don't know about the rest. Yeah, so were you guys not Saved by the Bell fans then? Because I am obsessed with it. 
I mean, I watched the shit out of it. Yeah, I was a Saved by the Bell fan, but revisiting it for the college years makes me worry that if I went back and revisited the original, that it would make me furious. (laughs) (laughs) That's possible. Uh, That is definitely possible. There are lots of things that I loved when I was, oh, you know, 14, that if I went back and tried to revisit them, I would go bonkers. (laughs) But honestly, we're already kind of doing that. So I guess that also means we're still up for that. Oh, I guess. Yeah. But like, I guess the difference is that like, there's really nobody in Saved by the Bell that I really have that much strong thirst for. Okay. As opposed to, you know, Quantum Leap, which you and I watch, which there's always something redeeming in every episode. And its name is Scott Bakula. (laughs) (laughs) You both from the you both do Back into the Future, and uh, where can folks find you with that show? You know where you find podcasts, uh, iTunes, and other things, and <laughs> whatever the other, our po- whatever other well. podcast things are. I bet if you Google Back into the Future, like all our shit will come up. I bet we're on Facebook with a group. Yeah, we do have a Facebook page and group. And we also have a website at backatfuturepod.com. And also we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and a bunch of other podcatchers that if you just type in Back Into the Future, a Quantum Leap podcast, or even just the first part, you're able to find us just pretty easily, I think. Podcatchers. How come that never entered our lexicon? We've been doing this for how long, Parker? Seven years? 17 years. Jesus, <laughs> 17 years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, podcatchers. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty well, sure I stole it from somebody, but thank you. I'll take the credit. Thing. We we didn't invent the word. Uh, well, speaking of inventing words and getting into lexicons, we got this first episode. It is episode 16. Uh, Mr. Frisbee, would you like to run down the plot of it? Uh, yeah, episode 16 was bedside manner. Uh, Kelly rekindles her relationship with Professor Lasky. And Zach goes to great extremes to break up the relationship because he's a psychopath, Mm -hmm. including taking a job as an orderly at the medical center where Kelly works only to get fired for incompetence. I'm pretty sure it's referring to Zach there, but uh, not Kelly. Mm -hmm. However, this does not stop Zach as he takes an illness to return. uh, Excuse me, as he fakes an illness to return to the medical center as a patient. Realizing all the extremes Zach went through, Kelly finally gives in, and she and Zach rekindle their relationship. Uh, <laughs> so bad. Can it's I ask a question? That much happens in 22 minutes. Yeah. I have a question because I didn't watch any of the episodes leading up to this because I value my mental health. Uh, was this health center like a campus health center, or was this like a hospital completely not related to their college that Kelly was just an orderly at for fun. Well, this is the first time we've seen this, uh, this hospital. Oh, in any shit, of the really? Yeah. And I think so this yeah. show just expected it. Okay. I was like, this has to have been a plot thing that's been addressed leading up to now because Kelly super wants to be a doctor. So obviously the show must have already established that she is an orderly at this health center uh, as part of that goal. I apologize for assuming something so reasonable. Um, <laughs> may, may I address this? Of <laughs> Please mm. do. Yeah. So it is part of the college campus. There is a All sign right. when they're at the nurse's station that says 
something regarding students and vaccinations and something else about students. All right. Yeah. And like when the dean came in, she kind of was acting like she owned the place. So that makes Yeah. I'm assuming there was a med school attached and I'm assuming a lot here. But (laughs) like for a student health center, that was like full hospital rooms and like what 12 point workup with cherry flavored barium that seemed like that's like I mean, student, it, student health center it felt very like um almost like there was a trauma center there at that point mm-hmm. uh but fun fact uh where frisbee parker and myself attended college we did have a medical student center and it wasn't actually that far off from this it was pretty close yeah yeah. yeah. So uh, the orderlies were all super, super hot or screech. I mean, <laughs> some of them were attractive. Uh, they had doctors that were actual doctors. I don't think student workers had as much power over the situation as Kelly would as a freshman. Uh, <laughs> would they have had Kelly give a sponge bath to the male professor that she had previously had a tryst with? Uh, I don't think that would have happened. Especially if he was in the hospital for ulcers, like Professor Lasky is. I don't know why they're giving sponge baths to <laughs> ulcer patients. I just have to say, so, like, the little, the bit a little bit before that on the episode where Professor Lasky was sitting in the restaurant, like, chugging milk mm-hmm. to show yeah. that he had these bad ulcers. Um, I really loved that they used the chugging milk to show us that. And all I could think of was how, as a kid... Uh, my main sort of association with like this is what an ulcer is for grown-ups was that on Murphy Brown in a full two out of three scenes that Miles Silverberg was in he was just like chugging Maalox yes I remember this exact thing all of the time (laughs) I remember this (laughs) that was immediately what I thought of when the dude was just like downing milk which by the way like that's the YouTube milk challenge right he was like trying to glug a whole gallon of milk in an hour Mm -hmm. Um, and this was years before YouTube but also so, show of hands in in this uh, non-video recording session <laughs> that we're doing of all right. adults here. When's the last time you drank a glass of milk uh, or that doesn't register? I mean, the the last it. time I ate cookies or cake. OK. Like, yeah, well, maybe not the last time I ate cookies. I'm only it's, drinking milk with cereal. That's the only time it's reasonable is with lucky you're drinking. You're not drinking a glass. I'll drink a glass of milk with a cookie or or with cake. Okay. I haven't had milk since I was a baby. <laughs> yeah, I and I can't imagine. Like, <laughs> John, which kind of milk are you referring to? <laughs> Both. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm I'm lactose intolerant, so I wasn't allowed to have it as a kid. It, it made me throw it, up. Is it kind of weird that cow's milk is the only kind of milk that we don't like qualify by saying cow's milk? Because we'll refer to human milk as breast milk and goat's milk as goat's milk. But like cow milk just is gets to be just plain milk. Yeah, it's so ingrained in our culture. Right. And we are humans. Like, if anything, breast milk should be just plain milk and then other milk should be cow's milk. And it's so still just gross a concept to me. Like I remember when it registered like okay, we're just drinking this milk from a completely different species and we're supposed to be cool with this. Why? <laughs> why is nutritious. I guess. And, and Lasky drinking glass upon glass of it in a cafeteria, like 
that, that looks like that, a that looks yeah. like a saloon. I thought that was like an off camp. I thought that was like the two guys, the girls in a pizza place version of like. No, that's like, like the student union. Oh well, shit. That was a nice student union, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Well, that's different that's from a cafeteria. Like. Cafeteria. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, if we even just back up a twinge before we get to the hospital part, and yeah. we have that opening scene, and he like. He being Zach going, he goes into Kelly's room to try to get her to look out the window. Yeah. And he, she's like, oh, that's just the security guard pops. He's always, he always has binoculars on our window. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, good. So we're just slightly diminishing like sexual stalking and predatorish behavior. It's fine. Like, well, nobody. Our main character is Zach, and that's like his entire mo. So I, I feel like the show yeah. can't can't put <laughs> it down too Compared to Zach's behavior, is is pretty uh, pretty acceptable. <laughs> yeah, as long as yeah. you're not Zach, you're okay. But like you know, that was like the first five minutes for me, so I hadn't gotten to the fuckery that is Zach really to its full extent. So I just wanted to wanted to give Pops his creepy points. Yeah, Pops is weird. Never shows up again. Kind of wants to know if he got like fired after that. Nah, he just hangs out in the bushes, you know? He's not even security there anymore. <laughs> he just still shows up. It's weird that they invited him to the wedding, though. In the wedding episode. Yeah, that, that's weird. <laughs> he watches What's it all. What's weirder is they let him be the wedding photographer. <laughs> <laughs> they need a good eye. Yeah. But yeah. it's all just like photos of Kelly, which is very uncomfortable. It's all photos of Kelly's feet. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Like I'm not kidding. I have, I have a friend who got married, and I, I was in her wedding. I was I know I have a friend who got married. This is an amazing story. No, I was in her wedding, and I remember her telling me the next day that after the ceremony, when the wedding photographer had got you know they set up all their little like this is what would be a good wedding picture. So the it was at a hotel on the coast here, and the, they had gone up to the room i don't know bridal suite sounds dumb because it wasn't that nice of a hotel but they'd gone up to the room to like get some pictures up there and one of the things that this dude the photographer was like here's a good idea for a picture he had her like take off her shoes and like get into the big like jacuzzi tub bathtub that was in the room and like got a picture of her like you know oh like pull the dress up a little bit and like put your feet in the tub barefoot (laughs) and not kidding (laughs) And she like told me after the act, she was like, "This is weird." And I'm like, "Yeah, that was weird." Mm, it's also you, weird they had like no credentials. No. <laughs> yeah, he like he said he had an office, but when we called the number, it was uh, just a DMV. I he was don't just quite taking all the pictures with his phone. It was yeah. Well, they hired yeah. they hired him because they liked his work directing those Kill Bill movies. I feel. Oh. Get it? Because Quentin Tarantino's a gross foot guy. <laughs> yes, we understand. Yeah. Uh, so, Screech is trying to, in a subplot to this, before we get into the craziness of Zach, <laughs> uh, we should mention that Screech, there's a subplot involving him getting talked into getting a tattoo by his frat brothers, who, who even knew that Screech was in a frat, but apparently he is. And he just draws on the tattoo with a Sharpie. And there's mm-hmm. a funny part where his friend Leslie is drawing the tattoo on and he complains oh, about that how- her name. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though, because <laughs> she does nothing in this entire show. I could not remember her name other than other girl. Yeah, <laughs> we had a full discussion. We're like, there's Kelly, there's Alex and there's the other one. 
<laughs> like the other Jesse Spano ripoff. Like that's accurate, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She has no personality at all, but she helps Screech with his tattoo and he complains that the felt tip marker hurts. And I thought that was very funny and cute. <laughs> It was, it was adorable. I also, at one point, even thought that it was Screech's girlfriend because she kept touching him. Right. That would be the only reason to touch Screech. Yeah. I was really uh, just, mm, I don't know if impressed is the correct phrase or maybe just taken aback, but that tattoo lecture that their buddy gives them was uh, real after school, especially just when he... I. I have not watched enough of the show, but the really like buff grown up guy that's their friend (laughs) takes all the frat guys into the bathroom to show them his ass, which apparently has a Tweety Bird tattoo on it, uh, which there's some really great fat shaming by Screech where he's like, it's Big Bird. And the guy's like, it's Tweety Bird. And he's like, it's on your ass. It's Big Bird. Um, Because he's got a big ass because he's gained weight. (laughs) And <laughs> he's their friend because he's their resident advisor, if you want to believe that. <laughs> oh, what a good resident advisor. Hey, everybody, come here and look at my ass. Uh, <laughs> but it was just like, you know, the more you know, hey, kids, tattoos are forever. Please remember that if you're going to get a tattoo, don't because they're forever. And also, don't eat too many cookies because you'll get fat, which equals bad. Did he um, explain why he got a <laughs> did he explain why he got a Tweety Bird tattoo? Like, did he, he just was really young and Tweety dumb. Bird? It was just like a. Young, I, I assume that he's love for Tweety Bird. Yeah. Back, backwards hat, like in hip hop, like baggy t shirt. I mean, remember, when this show aired, like hip hop Looney Tunes were amazingly well, cool. Do Since you all watched the other episodes before this one, did they ever explain his backstory of being a formal former NFL player? I think that was just a kind of who's the boss the situation like instead of just because <laughs> bob grolick guy who plays him was is really a former nfl player yeah so just short of naming the character bob instead That's of mike so they're like let's play let's play close to your chest here and well not close to his chest but like let's uh let's not veer too far from your real life uh well because like every description i found of the show as a synopsis brought up the fact that like he was an NFL player. Ter- he was an NFL player for the San Francisco 49ers who stopped his career as a football player to go back to college to become a therapist, which does not make oh, a whole I lot I would watch that sitcom. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's like one episode. That TV show? <laughs> there's one episode <laughs> where they play football, but other than that, none of that ever comes into play. And certainly the therapist thing never comes into play. Well, they do, okay. like, he'll hand out stuff and talk about, like, how he's a therapist in training. And he'll, like, hand out these uh, relationship exams and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And be so like, what you're saying is the person who authored this Wikipedia um, article I read was kind of creating their own fanfic of this man? <laughs> well, no, all the other stuff rings true. <laughs> I think that he was, like, in the, the character was supposed to be a, a San Francisco 49er, um, what was he, a, a running back? What'd you say? Uh, I think he was like the tackly guy, whatever that's called. <laughs> Defense. Yeah, I don't know a ton about football, but I think the running backs are not usually the guys that are that bulky because they need to oh. be fast, faster for the running. Okay. So, yeah, maybe he just took one too many hits and was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to college instead. I, uh, solid life plan. 
Bravo. <laughs> he was yeah. a defensive tackle. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. And yeah, I, out of all the characters, probably the most reasonable, you know, like he doesn't want to be concussed anymore. So <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, he's, he goes, the guy. he's the Nutrisystem guy. What? Like the guy who always is on. Yeah, he's on the Nutrisystem commercials and he lost a ton of weight. All right. Oh. That big bird looks like Tweety Bird now, I guess. <laughs> it's gone full circle. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what did you guys think about Zach's plan to pretend to be sick and to uh, earn Kelly's love? How gross I was think that? He sucks a lot. <laughs> it was super bad. I just, I mean, if there were so many people being bad in this episode, because frankly, also, um, Kelly's refusal to like leave alone this professor who clearly was like, mm, we should not be around each other. And then she's like, cool, hey, let me give you a sponge bath. Uh, I mean, John like, stalk you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kelly, chill, chill back a little bit. Cause actually, um, this is also what sexual harassment is <laughs> both what Zach is doing and what you are doing. So my issue was there's this part where I think Zach's in the hallway talking to Kelly after, I don't know, the series of ongoing things they're making her do to the doctor. I mean, the, <laughs> to, well, I guess he is a doctor just of anthropology mm-hmm. and, he says, Kelly, when you walk by the morgue, four <laughs> stiff sat up and splashed on Old Spice. Like, who wrote that? <laughs> like, why, why was that a line? And then he ends that scene with saying, this is why we need health care reform. <laughs> I, so I'm going to say in answer to your question of who wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> I well, put forward that it was written by Bruce Valanche <laughs> <laughs> because it was both raunchy and topical. <laughs> this is so weird. To be fair, though, if if corpses were waking up to put on cologne, like you would definitely need better insurance to handle that situation. I feel. <laughs> and then you get the dean that rolls in quite literally because mm-hmm. she's having some like side effect to a flu shot. And that's a really fast effect there since she was just there that morning. But then she tells Zach he has impeccable bedside manner and asks who trained him and says, Dr. Kevorkian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is all Bruce Valange. This is solid gold. <laughs> Where were you in the 90s? I mean, but the thing is, is like. I kind of don't mind these these actual excerpts, but the show doesn't match it. <laughs> like yeah. these characters are way too like non-dimensional to have this type of writing. Actually, I'm getting more laughs from hearing Don read these jokes <laughs> in in like astonished amazement than when I first heard them on the show. Like they just kind of rolled off. I'm like, yeah, okay, Kevorkian <laughs> reference. I get it. The delivery, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I like, like the stun surprise more. <laughs> the, like, the what amount, is going on? <laughs> the amount that they like projected the joke where the dean was like, "I need new linens for my bed," because that's how Holland Taylor talks. And then <laughs> he brings in the linens, and she's like, "You need to put the new linens on my bed immediately." And she's like, not getting out of the bed. 
which she's <laughs> apparently fully able to. She's just had a little bit of bad. She's not an invalid. She's not a quadriplegic. She also she, her laptop's not even on. <laughs> no, she's on her phone. I, I don't no, remember. She has her laptop open and so, they shoot to a scene. You can see the screen and she's typing mm-hmm. at it like the way somebody would be three years old typing on a computer <laughs> and the screen is pitch fucking black. <laughs> so they, they drag it out. They give us probably like a solid 60 to 90 seconds of like, change my sheets, change my sheets. And then he finally grabs the sheets under her and pulls like you would a tablecloth if you were a magician and she falls off the bed. And it was like, yes, I saw that joke coming. Thank you. You didn't actually probably even need to do it because I could see what you were doing before. <laughs> Cool, thanks. I... <laughs> who, I'm sorry. Who was that joke for? And why did they need that much buildup? I'm sorry, Parker, though. We didn't really, we went on our own tangents and didn't answer your question. So, yeah, right. Zach, Zach is creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt that faking a medical illness to give Kelly clarity is the most weird, like, bait and switch situation that I would really hope somebody's not dumb enough to fall for. But yet, here we are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Also, what kind of medical center like fires Zach because he's bad at it and then hires Screech? <laughs> <laughs> because then Screech is the one in charge of Zach's medical care. And the attending doctor on duty was like, oh, those three symptoms that you said of just, mm, I don't feel good, sound super serious. So we need to put you through every test imaginable. So that is already not a very realistically believable doctor. Right. <laughs> and and uh, then. And apparently all the tests imaginable have shit have something to do with your butt because butts are funny. And so I assume they poked Zach in the butt a bunch and then they made him drink stuff that made him poop a bunch. And like, and uh-huh. so is slamming any type of reference of a man being dressed as a woman or a woman being dressed as a man in this entire episode. So much I was like reference. To, I was like to point out that, yeah, Screech was given an awful lot of responsibility at this medical center. And just last week, he was hired and then fired immediately as assistant manager of the uh, the student union cafeteria. Plus, he couldn't but, even get hired at McDonald's, I think he said. Yeah. <laughs> he's having Maybe. so much luck. And then campus. he's also banned from McDonald's. Maybe he's oh, just yeah. like, you know, medical school, they'll take anybody type of situation. Maybe they're looking for a free cadaver. <laughs> um, Maybe if they hired him to be a cadaver. Well, no, I'm saying because he will fall and kill himself or something. Or he'll kill yeah. Zach. Someone's going to get a cadaver out of the situation. Yeah, someone's dying. Yeah. yeah. Well, they need and more cadavers you... since all the other previous cadavers left to go hit on Kelly. <laughs> right. <laughs> they all got up and walked out. Yeah. So I know Rachel and I talked about how like their dorm was basically like junior friends. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. was. But then I also was like, why is it kind of dress decorated like a Cracker Barrel and a Gadzooks hung out? I also actually couldn't just figure out, I couldn't figure out the layout of the dorms. Like they're in, you're, you're in the main living room. The door to the right brings you to like the bedroom that all the girls sleep in. So for my mind in symmetry, that should mean there should be a door to the left where all the boys sleep. Mm-hmm. But like in another, in one of the later episodes, like Zach gets up in the middle of the night and goes straight out of his bedroom into Kelly's bedroom. Yeah. So is it like a weird, like Ouroboros, like circle of rooms <laughs> or um, like a TARDIS setup? I can't understand the, <laughs> the configuration of rooms in that dorm. Yeah. These, uh, these 
the the episodes were actually set up by uh, Stanley Kubrick, who drew inspiration <laughs> from his own movie, The Shining, where you're okay. not supposed to know exactly how it's laid out once you're in there because <laughs> he's trying to convey a sense of insanity within the uh, dorm life these kids are experiencing. But like, I mean, I'm sorry, I have to go back to this Cracker Barrel thing, this angle I have going with Cracker Barrel. <laughs> they had so many weird, like, farm-related animal signs. Like... Oh, animal signs. I was picturing, like, old antique photos of people who've been long dead or, like... No, but, like, the kind like of wagon signs that would have been, like, at a gas station in 1920, but it's been weathered. Yeah, look like yeah. It's from there. There were, like, yeah. 12 of those. And then there was also, mm-hmm. randomly, in a later episode... A neon fixture of a Comedy Central logo. Yeah, that one blew our minds for like the first half. We're like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> were they really just trying to pitch? You know, like hey, if this doesn't work out on NBC, what do you think, Comedy Central? Maybe right. uh, save the Save by the Bell, the College Years two. But then it was two? all yeah. But then like the rest of the dorm was like kind of like all hip and colorful. But then you'd have these really random signs that like look like they came from like Cracker Barrel. <laughs> like that's or all Gad I can think of. Or yeah, Gad yeah. Suits. I think that was just, yeah, the set designer's attempt of, like, college is wacky. These dorms. We, we went to Urban Outfitters. <laughs> I know. It's it's just, like, yeah. a, a few angles shy of, like, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Their dorm was missing, like, a dry erase board on which somebody had drawn a penis and somebody else had written, like, Alex, it's your turn to buy toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely needed to be that. So there's a point a little bit later in the episode where uh, they're arguing over this tattoo thing that Alex wants to get with Slater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he says they have to go to a Sylvester Stallone festival since she won't get the tattoo. Mm -hmm. So I took it upon myself to count how many things he had been in since 1994. Mm -hmm. uh, Or to 1994. So he had 32 film credits at that point and he had 24 four starring roles oh motherfucker that's a long wow. festival <laughs> yeah so i was like did they pick like did they they obviously didn't look anything up and they picked that name yeah Here's what i'll give the show credit for though when he was like mm, if you don't get a tattoo you have to do whatever i want and i was like oh sex right sex <laughs> <laughs> surely it must be sex and then it yeah. wasn't uh okay no, I don't want to say Slater's a closet case, but he is. Yeah, but he would rather watch <laughs> Sylvester I, I Stallone. Clever, I didn't have a clever, funny way to end that. Slater is a closet case. It's okay. Yeah, so it's, I thought the thing they leached onto with this is like he's real hell bent on seeing those Rocky films on a big screen, and I immediately thought of Parker when that happened. I'm like, yeah, this <laughs> seems like a this seems like one of Parker's caveats. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I do a lot in my relationships. I just make people see uh, Rocky movies. It is weird, though, that Alex is like, oh, no, even Rocky. But like Rocky is objectively the best one. Like, shouldn't the joke have been like, oh, no, even don't like stop or my mom will shoot or something? Stop or my mom I was will about shoot to say that one. one. Yeah, I was about to fight you hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do love Estelle Getty, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do all right thinking people. <laughs> yeah, so. What about the arm wrestling one? What was that one? Uh, over the top, over the top, yeah. Over the top would have been like a real nice deep cut reference there, but instead they went for Rocky. Yeah, like oh, you mean the thing that catapulted him into stardom? Oh, you mean one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time? Nah, I'll get that tattoo. Oscar than... nominated Rocky? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, 
It's very also, weird. Rambo didn't get any credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very weird. Very weird scene. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else or do you want to move on to this next episode? Well, well I had one other thing really quick, but uh, my dog's barking, so I'm going to go back on mute. Sorry. <laughs> uh, she meant her feet hurt. <laughs> well, before Don comes back on, there's a. Uh, uh, the end of this is that Zach and Kelly slightly rekindle, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. Kelly I'm realizes really yeah. upset when somebody behaves badly and then it works. Yeah, and that's what happened here. Was Zach acted like a total tool and he got his intended result from it? And the writing Ooh. is supposed to make you think like he apologizes for it, so that makes it okay. But it doesn't. Kinda. Like, it's you know? it's kind yeah. of an apology. Yeah, well, this is every single episode ever of Saved by the Bell. All, you know, 30,000 seasons of it is Zach doing horrible, mm-hmm. horrible things and then getting what he wants out of it. How many seasons are there? Uh, f- Five plus this. Yeah. And then the new class. And the, the beach movie, too. Don't forget that one. Yeah, well, that was a whole season. They did a whole standalone movie for the beach. Oh, the the standalone movie was when they went to Hawaii. And then Tr- Screech yeah. was treated as a god by the natives for some reason. Oh, I've not watched that, but clearly it's in your life. <laughs> I, I own it. I watch it all the time. <laughs> and Frisbee, you said exactly what I was going to say, which was the ending being very awkward. And okay, like the whole like. Oh, you should check my pulse. Oh, it's really racing, and then they kind of make out. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot. It's hot yeah. to make out in a medical center that's just full of germs where you can get so a staph infection. He's back in mm-hmm. his uh, bed by then, yes? Oh, yeah, you're right. He gets back. Yeah, but it's still super awkward because like, oh, he yeah. just talked about shitting a ton. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's like, let's go to dinner. And he's like, okay, but mm, not tonight. Ooh, the barium. Urgh. I pooped a ton. My butt hurts. I love you. <laughs> oh my God, I can't stop laughing. It was, it was super romantic. Oh it my was. Lord. <laughs> That's how you can definitely get me to go on a date. Tell me about your barium <laughs> experience. <laughs> I love to go out, but my IBS and just <laughs> shit everywhere. Yep. Speaking of shitting everywhere, episode 17. (laughs) Love and death. Right. Why didn't the dead guy's bowels unload on that couch? (laughs) Yeah. That's that's how it would happen, right? Well, I think I think they did because later on Mike freaks out that he was sitting in the spot where the guy died. So I feel I feel like missed an an important thing that changed in the set. They moved the blanket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's to show how very limbed in that dorm is it's not just a set dawn it's a home well no they moved it to cover up the shit stain yeah <laughs> now that is dorm life somebody shits on your couch time to put a blanket over it i mean mm-hmm. not gonna I mean, say just, i wouldn't have done it it's just 19 year old life i didn't live in dorms when i was 19 i had an apartment and our first sofa was like off of the curb that somebody had left a free sofa and we were like, this is probably dirty. We'll put a blanket over it and that will solve everything. So many yeah. shits happen on that fucking couch. <laughs> That's why it's on the curb. Yeah. Like, maybe, but we sat on it for months. Well, we got a better couch. We sat on the blanket. Yeah. Hey, 
we need to get, we yeah. sat on a very clean stricken. blanket. As long yeah. as, it's only yeah. a couch I found that I just like went to Meyer and like stapled some sheets over it <laughs> 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 and thought that was totally reasonable. Yeah, that's reasonable. So clean. It's reasonable. So clean. Yeah. So the synopsis, synopsis for Love and Death reads, after one of his favorite professors, who we just hear about in this episode, <laughs> suddenly passes away, Zach begins taking unnecessary risks while in mourning. Um, I think Zach takes unnecessary risks day to day. Can we discuss? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can. <laughs> but actually, the first thing I want to discuss about this episode, the first note I made... All of these episodes had that fantastic 90s, like the scene breaks where you would get like the random like camera cuts and colors and like upbeat 90s music. To what be, like, other no. show did that, though? There was another I show that did it. Can't remember, but this show did it. And then after the professor had died, there was like a. You know, where the previous scene breaks would be like scene break. <laughs> And then because it was a dead guy, it was like, it was really like sad, (laughs) slow, like downbeat music, but still like the like rapid camera cuts and bright colors. (laughs) Um, It was so out of place and bad. Did anybody watch 90210? Did they do it? Like, I know another 90s show would do that weird, like reverse negative color fill in type you know I didn't watch it. All I can think of for scene breaks is Home Improvement. Oh, yeah. yeah. With, like, the weird uh, yeah. Terry Gilliam like, style. A lawnmower mowing over the scene. It's going to really mm-hmm. bug me until I can remember. Because there was literally another television show that I know did that same kind of, like... And it was, like, an edgy teen-type show where, like... I don't know. It could have been even on MTV, but it's mm-hmm. fine. Well, there were a lot mm-hmm. of Saturday morning shows like this that were doing it like that show that came on after say by the bell in the new class about the beach kids who are in a band oh my gosh i have forgotten about that show until you mentioned that california dreams yeah Yeah, right is that what it's called i think so the only reason i even know about that show's existence was reading articles about the lifetime movie about saved by the bell mentioned Mm -hmm. california dreams that's a good movie by the way i want to watch it but i have not yet it's pretty pretty fun i'm sorry can you repeat your original question (laughs) 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 i have so many many feelings and i wanted to make sure i answer the actual question well i think the first question is uh how many times in one episode of said by the bell can people defile a corpse and it still be funny because that happens all the time in this screech does it immediately the dean uh totally does a clerks and basically tips the body out of the casket uh it's so weird it kind of almost turns into a real weekend at bernie situation <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm incredibly surprised that the show had enough restraint to not turn this into weekend at bernie's <laughs> i also yeah. want to know like how his like death was like taken care of and his funeral was the next day like is he jewish <laughs> like I mean, shit doesn't get expedited like that. I mean, he did, but that shit doesn't get expedited like that. Like, um, I think it's a university policy to expedite the funeral. (laughs) Well, we know know he didn't have any family, really, because the dean was like, oh, no wife. I'll make the two o'clock golf game. So if he was just like 
I don't know what's the male version of a spinster. If he was just a lonely man with nobody, there's no reason to wait, right? <laughs> yeah. He's a lonely man. He's what, the loneliest man. I mean, thank you, patriarchy. There's no male version of spinster. I there thought is, it was serial yeah. killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a real psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Well, he must have been. Also, uh, what did he die from? <laughs> um, I have. I, I think he died from his own admission that his life was a, a lie. Yeah. He talks about like, yeah, I always preach Some dark this. shit. I preach this philosophy about living each life day to your fullest. I don't. I just. What does he do? He visits family. Out in Santa yeah. Monica or something? Fresno. No, Fresno. Fresno. Even oh, no. worse. Like, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of regional... There's a lot of regional... Calif- well, regional. There's a lot of California jokes in this that they did not make in Saved by the Bell. Uh, yeah, the well, they regular threw so version. much shade at Oakland. <laughs> well, like, Zach wants to go to a, a motorcycle rally in Oakland. Like, old Saved by the Bell would just be like, oh, there's a motorcycle rally. But now it's like, hey, don't forget, we're in the Bay Area. So we have to <laughs> well, bring it up every goddamn time. <laughs> Well, based on um, my extensive research that was 15 minutes long earlier today, uh, it is hypothesized that this was supposed to be Berkeley. Oh, yeah. No, oh, no kidding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that California University is not a real university? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Lied to. <laughs> So the the kids all get geared up to go to this funeral, and I found it very hilarious that Screech dressed up like a Dracula to go to a funeral. <laughs> I and wore and wore women's shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote down Screech is awful, except I actually kind of va- found the vampire outfit kind of funny until he mentioned it, and then it was dumb. Yeah, that's like, true. Because I understood, like, okay, he doesn't own anything black. He's wearing the only black stuff he has, and that's a Dracula outfit. This is cool. I kind of dig it. And then he spelled it out in explicit detail. And I was just like, fuck you. Yeah. And then the other people like don't catch on that he's wearing a Dracula outfit until he mentions it for some reason. Right. Yeah. I think it's because nobody actually looks at him. <laughs> that could be. It's because. People just see through. <laughs> the other characters are audience surrogates and they expect the audience to be stupid enough to need Screech to explicitly spell out what's happening. Also, I mean, I had a cell phone in 1993 or four. Why is this the size of a, a freaking like remote control to a surround sound system? They weren't that big. <laughs> I don't know, but I actually thought this bit of like losing a cell phone in, in a coffin, coffin could have gone on longer and been a lot funnier because I was like, oh, this is this is a neat bit. I, right, I haven't seen this bit. That could be an entire Mr. Bean episode. Yeah, <laughs> it probably was. Now you mentioned it. Yeah. Except, yeah losing, how, how would he be talking on the phone? Mr. Bean doesn't talk. He just does like those weird grunts and stuff. Parker, you watch <laughs> a lot of Mr. <laughs> Bean. I do. <laughs> so Mr. Bean talks like the grown-ups on Peanuts. Yes. That's so accurate. Yeah. So Frisbee. Mm. To kind of give you where I was feeling about Zach at this point after sure. the, the pre-funeral moment. God damn it. Zach is such a fucking shitbag. Uh-huh. Let me ask you if you love me two weeks after we started, quote unquote, dating again. And after someone just died on our fucking couch. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. And his entire reaction. I like how your only weird. reaction was that's weird. Come on. That's like not <laughs> <just> weird. 
Yeah. I guess I'm so used to his behavior now where it's like <laughs> I just desensitized. I become desensitized. Yeah. It's a it's a weird like having to watch this character never really fully learn from his mistakes or his past behaviors and, and still get all passes. And still get yeah. He got to Berkeley for fuck's sake. Or the, the television <laughs> okay. show equivalent of Berkeley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this and guy then, I, I hit a point where I know we were only like I don't know, 34 minutes long into our, our four episode viewing that we were doing. And I just write out and I almost was embarrassed. I wrote this out because it's so fucking obvious. Okay. But why are all the women in this show completely capable yet? All the men are so emotionally immature yet. All we get to do is see them continue to fail upward. (laughs) And then I was like, because then it's an extremely like, realistic show. I just wrote out exactly how I felt about the last 36 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don, I, I wrote something very similar for like the very last episode. Uh, but yeah, for this one, Love and Death, uh, I think it's a you're wise to catch on to it that soon. You've only had to deal with it this for like four episodes. Beauty. Yeah, it took me until like the very last episode where I'm like, you know what? Kelly deserves a lot better <laughs> as to be one of my notes. So because I'm just so used to it. Um, having watched all this, Zach, like Parker says, gets his way as is always entitled, always feels like he's entitled and is never denied anything that he wants. So, Yeah. So, it's rough. Yeah. It's been Ex- a rough ride. Except for his wish to get away from Screech. That's the only thing that evades him in life. <laughs> it's, it's too little too late, in my opinion, but that's okay. <laughs> so, Parker, Rachel, Frisbee, one of yes. you. I know I remember vaguely in the TV show that Zach kind of came from money. Yeah. Ish. Mm-hmm. His I dad feel like they computer. all did. Except for AC Slater, he was like the poor kid. Remember, right? Yes, military family. Well, Kel- he had that whole running like, oh my god, he can't afford something. Like I don't right. know. It was why he called Zach like preppy because like oh, you're the preppy with money and I'm the jock without money. Yeah, but basically, but even him not having money, like still, like come on, they're all fucking spoiled rich kids. Well, Kelly, right. so Kelly. Kelly had no money Kelly- either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So they show up at... The but she's pretty, which is better than money. That is true. <laughs> the currency is strong with that one. It, um, goes, it goes pretty, then money, then good at sports, then... Brains. Brains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then morals. After yeah. that. No, morals I don't know if morals go in there yeah. anymore. Yeah. Jeez, this explains my life a lot. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Uh, so Zach shows up with a fucking motorcycle and I'm sitting here thinking like when I was a freshman in college, I was seriously like buying cigarettes for my floor mates and taking their cash and using my dad's credit card. I have a question about, (laughs) about Zach showing up with that motorcycle for no particular reason. I had it in my head that their dorm was not on the ground floor. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, think, so have you ever seen science? You can ride a motorcycle up some steps. Uh, sure, but it's not easy. Freedom. We've never seen evidence previous of Zach learning to ride a motorcycle. I have learned to ride a motorcycle. It's not easy. 
uh, I imagine for a novice writer, getting it up an indoor stairwell <laughs> and then down the hallway and then through the door of your dorm would be extremely difficult. Yeah, well, to now, be like fair, it doesn't he... even occur to. Sorry, go ahead, man. Oh, he may have used the elevator. We we can't discount that <laughs> as an option. <laughs> Yeah, the freight elevator could be real. Even managing to drive a motorcycle into an elevator without like crashing it into the back wall of the elevator. <laughs> I mean, the only the only way it makes sense for him to have showed up with that motorcycle is that he walked the bike into the building, yes. walked the bike into the freight elevator, mm-hmm. walked the bike all the way down the hallway until he got just outside the door <laughs> and then got onto the motorcycle. Which, which then- to me... Is, oh, I thought you meant like he was seated atop it and walking along <laughs> the entire way, which to me is a much better image than anything else this show could have produced. Like, of like English style for riding horses, but on a motorcycle? The way he approaches the door frame, like how he enters the scene where he's just like, hey, guys. And he's like foot on either side of the motorcycle as he's seated atop it, like just walking it oh. forward. What yeah, do you guys I mean- think about you? Harley. By the way, he's wearing an Indian's. Uh, motorcycle company shirt. Just because like, you can't there. pick your feet up yeah, off the is. ground if you're not moving, because that's how bicycles also work. <laughs> yeah, so he walks it in like that. So I'm imagining that he like walked it like that through the parking <laughs> lot to the elevator <laughs> down the hall. Okay, and again, yeah. like only a few episodes ago, Screech is walking around with a fucking chimp. So seeing this guy, <laughs> lunatic, oh God, I'm so sad I missed that. This I'm lunatic not- just walking this motorcycle down the hall while atop it like hey everyone don't mind me i'm insane mm-hmm. like <laughs> i'm just going to my dorm room to show my friends a motorcycle that we should have done an outside scene shot for <laughs> but instead i have to walk inside this fucking dorm room thanks so peter didn't have any outdoor sets in the whole episode except for the when they were in the skydiving air Nothing was outdoors. Yeah, no, there really wasn't. That stock um, stock footage of skydivers that they just uh, superimposed the voiceovers of these characters. Can for. we talk about how bad that voiceover audio was? It was the Holy worst. Holy motherfucking shit! <laughs> Did they not have a sound editor who could make it sound a little bit like they were falling through the air? <laughs> Nope, I just was like, I, I had a clear picture in my head of the three actors just in a studio with microphones being like, oh, no, we're falling. Ah, it wasn't even that good. Like they were just using normal inside voices. Just, hey, we're, we're falling. The gra- we got to pull our parachutes like just normal voices. It was the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Horrendous. It was yeah. very bad. Pretty and they, bad. they treat skydiving like it's certain death. Like, yeah, they really do. <laughs> from everything I know about skydiving, which isn't a ton, but I've known a couple people who have skydove. Has anybody first... gone here? Has any of us? No, I, I, oh, I no. think on your death. first jump, they usually make you go tandem with an instructor. Yeah. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So instead, this was just uh, not that at all, because clearly the three of them, the plan was that they were just going to all jump solo out of the plane. Um, right, maybe but then Kelly. Uh, there may have been some insight on the on the uh, the jump master of that <laughs> flight. He's like, these three are pretty awful. They should probably go alone. <laughs> well, that's why I was very happy that they ended up getting tipped out of the plane, anyways. Right, which again, the camera shot when they all are tipped out of the plane, and it's such a clear like, hi, this was on a soundstage, and they're all pretending to fall as they were like, whoa, whoa. Whoa! And mm-hmm. just throw themselves out. I mean, 
It was really bad. It was so mm-hmm. like we had Kelly show up though while they were up in the plane, quote unquote, up in the plane, mm-hmm. and she calls the plane to tell Zach that she loves him. Yet at the pre-funeral gathering, he basically was like trying to get like death pity i love you which is like i guess the pg rated tv version of like post-funeral sex i don't really know that happens a lot but and then but just we're gonna suspend disbelief for a second and ignore all of the horrible things we've talked about because i do want rachel and i to have our moment to talk a little bit about the fashion Yeah. Because Alex. Oh, I love Alex. Alex she had really strong uh, tights game for the funeral. Like I would wear those tights and not even do a funeral. Mm-hmm. And I think I own some of those chokers as an adult because, you know, it is 1994 again. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the guy fashion was a little weird. I was confused if like Zach Morris had lost weight and like that's why they kept making him layer. To make him look mm. bigger. I feel like it was just more of a 90s thing. And also but nobody else were... was layered like that. You know what I right. mean? Well, because Slater's already super buff. And they were maybe trying to balance that out. And yeah. you don't want to make Screech look bigger. Because he's supposed to look like a lizard boy. Yeah. Sl- right. Slater but... only wears tank tops. <laughs> like, you can't make Slater layer tank tops. That's true. That's he's true. allergic he to sleeves. He wears formal tank top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's allergic <laughs> to sleeves. Yeah. There's this really weird moment, though, that we kind of skipped over, and I don't think it was from... Oh, yeah, it was from this episode. So this is my only other thing really quick, and then I'd like to hear Rachel's opinion on the fashion. Also, the poet blouse is amazing. Uh, I had a poet blouse that was so similar to Alex's poet oh. blouse. I was like, oh, it's that's almost the same one I had, except the one I had um, was like open all the way down the front and instead of buttons had like ties that you tied into little bows. Yeah. And mine, had, mine had several more layers of ruffles. Uh, did you also uh, so have not to call Alex jeans? out. Had the what now? The coordinating color jeans to mash. No, I mean, my, cause the blouse was white. Oh, and the, I mean, and... people did that too. That's why I was asking. No, no, I, oh, I, I'm never in my life. If I wore in white jeans, I have never been that confident of a human being. And I never will. <laughs> I think that's okay. I don't know if it's confidence as <laughs> much as blind blindness. Uh, did anybody else catch this? And since you all have watched the other 16 episodes, maybe this, you know, I'm not even sure why I'm asking at this point, because I know they never resolve anything that they bring up, but there's a point where screech is like, if you acted the way you used to, when you were like, cool, AC Slater, you wouldn't be like worried and like what happened to that Slater? Wait, like, what? what like when they're skydiving? No, yeah, this I is like a speech he gives before they go skydiving. Like he's like, "You're not cool anymore." And I'm like, "Did he like get hit by a car? Like did something <laughs> I don't know what that was either?" Yeah, you. Yeah. Bring up the, I forgot to note this, but the entire thing with Screech, uh, modeling his bravery off of Slater, and then Slater having this weird admission where he's like. You know, I'm not that brave anymore. It's like I don't recall anything happening where his bravery was uh uh lessened or brought into question. Yeah. Like was he mugged or something? Like <laughs> did he experience some trauma that we forgot? Did a homeless person like have a heart to heart with him about like the the like actual facts of life? Like 
I I don't think so. Like, yeah, like there's this really sweet moment where Screech is saying anytime he needs, uh, anytime he's afraid, he just pretends that he's Slater and he gets brave. And then they undercut it by him saying, well, the way you used to be Slater, you suck now. Yeah, what happened? And then they further undercut it by saying, oh, I don't want to be a girly man. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, well... I, I th- the only thing that I could think of that this is about is the fact that when they go to the funeral, Slater says about the guy's body, I don't have to touch it, do I? So maybe he's like just a like maybe that's what made him afraid is the idea that he would be forced to touch a dead body at a funeral. I mean, that to be, be honest, it. like when my grandpa died and I was like eight, I just totally like walked up there and poked him. You're much braver than Slater. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> I have a fear of dead things. Like, if I see a live mouse in my kitchen, I'm like, oh, a mouse. But if there's a dead mouse in my kitchen because it found the poison in my kitchen, I'm legit freaked out. And I'm like, no, no, can't, can't, get away. Nope, nope. Hey, boyfriend, I need you to take care of that dead mouse. I know, I'm weird. Which is like, funny because just... also my boyfriend listens to dead mouse. That's, that's a good joke. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember, like, we were, like, at the wake or something, and, like, it might have even been one of my cousins dared me to go, like, touch him. And I was, like, whatever. And I just, like, went up there and, like, poked him. I see. If you dared Slater to do that, he'd be like, oh, no way. You brought my entire bravery into question with this. <laughs> yeah. I could only do that if I had, like, a long stick. But that would not be... That would be a faux pas, I feel, at a funeral. I think. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you should poke people with a stick, ever. The thing that I think to me stands out in this episode on a deeper emotional level is things about to get real. Yeah, no. So obviously Zach is very in love with Kelly and he wants her to be in love with him back. And he thinks that he's a mature grown up because as we'll see in the next episode, he's like, Oh, we should definitely get married now. So he thinks he knows what's up about love. But if you have to, coerce somebody into telling you that they love you how much does that really mean if you're being emotionally manipulative to the point where you're like if you can't tell me you love me then like it's over and i'm gonna go and risk my life and then you go and you risk your life and you're doing something like skydiving which within the universe of this show is clearly certain death mm-hmm. and that's when she calls you and is like, don't jump out of a plane. I love you. That's some super gross and emotionally manipulative. And that's not a confession of love that should mean anything at all. No, I agree. I wrote they kiss after he's been a reckless asshole, a huge dick and downright selfish. This is exactly why people end up in abusive relationships because they oh, model yes. themselves after this. This was a Lifetime movie where Zach was the man in a Lifetime movie about a woman who is going to end up buried in her own backyard. Yeah, I think it was called Not Without My Preppy. That's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, like, Rachel was that the one with Zach- Kristen Wiig? <laughs> oh, I hope so. I love That one was a lot of fun, whatever. It was I forget okay. what that was called. It was a uh, was pretty fun. But Rachel brings yeah. up an excellent point. Sorry. It's yeah. the uh, the entire crux of the show as parker explained earlier but t- this episode brings it to a new extreme so to yeah. rachel's point like zach is demonstrating some very some very explicit cries for help like he's <laughs> trying to commit all this self-harm throughout the episode like he's ignoring classes mm-hmm. 
It's like, yeah, go and suspend me. He does that stunt where he's repelling off the top of a building and he's told no one about it. So the dean is furious. Like, why are you doing this? And he's also involved Screech in it for some reason. Like Screech, Screech is also do anything Zach tells him to do. Yeah, but he ends up like hanging upside down and flying over the window. But yeah, he's like, well, I guess I'll just he's taking greater and greater steps to show like nothing matters to him if Kelly doesn't love him. So yeah. that's a horrible message and a horrible thing to put to apply pressure to any other person for. It's like, well, if you don't love me, I'm going to repel off this building. I'm going to yeah. jump out of the plane. And then on the other, on, I mean, on Zach's end of it, like if he would sit down and have an honest conversation with himself at the end of this episode, he he should be thinking, does she really love me though? Or did she only say she loved me to get me down out of that plane? I don't know if she really loves me. Oh no, I don't know anything anymore. What is my relationship? What is life? Who am I? Why am I even here? Why do I have yeah. such good hair? Why'd I walk that motorcycle <laughs> into my dorm room? <laughs> Why do I keep talking to the camera audience? Now let's boogie on down. <laughs> well, uh, none of these questions are answered in the next episode, episode 18, uh, which is titled <laughs> uh, Marry Me. After Kelly is invited on a three month cruise trip, Zach tries to do anything possible to stop her from going. Zach. <gasps> Later has a dream about Kelly with another man and realizes he wants to marry Kelly. Meanwhile, Slater and Alex break up. Uh, also, not mentioned is the fact that Screech might go on this trip as well. But no one cares about Screech, I guess. Yeah. No, they don't. So we opened to Zach and Kelly making out in a chair and fashion nod. I think I own that outfit that she has <laughs> on. I was like, oh, okay. We're really just, I'm just learning about how... So basic i was at age 13 what uh what year was this set like on the air this was early 90s or something yes? 94 93 94. okay and what year was love story that was the 70s yes yeah but they're watching yeah. it so they're what? watching that classic 70s movie love story that all of the people in 1994 watched and loved <laughs> mm -hmm. and everybody's watching it and crying and there is slater in the background posing like nobody's <laughs> business and pumping iron. And I was taking notes for this on my phone instead of with pen and paper. And so I've got three of the eye roll emojis in a row after I noted what Slater was doing. And then I wrote, oh, good, toxic masculinity. Right. Well, and then Mike. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, I should point out, like, as long as we're discussing fashion, he is doing it in a silk dress uh, shirt as was the style at the time, mm -hmm. to work <laughs> out in. Like, that's how he's going to work his arms, do his curls. They're the only sleeves he's not allergic to. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of some room to breathe. Sorry, Don. Oh, was about no. Mike, Mike I, is crying. Uh, yeah, I said Mike's crying over the film, and then I'm kind of like, okay, we're going to have some moment here, hopefully, maybe, finally, where we're not, like, being shitty and toxic towards men. And then... They have to totally go 180 and be like, oh, a man can have a feminine side. And I'm like, crying is not gendered. No. Unless you're on Saved by the Bell. In which and case he's like, no, no, it's not a feminine side. I was just being masculine and crying, which like is possible, but you shouldn't have to be that defensive about. He said that uh, if he did have a feminine side, it would be really macho, which I... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I know I he's just trying to save face there, but mm -hmm. it's still a real weird thing to say. Yeah. 
I've got a note. So now that Zach and Kelly are in a relationship, it's 24-7 making out, parentheses, boning. They are grown-ups. They are in college where they have beds and rooms. And I would think that while everybody else is in the living room watching a movie, it would be the perfect time to sneak into one of the bedrooms and have sexual relations like grown-ups and also college students have. I guess it's alluded to when Slater's like, hey, gang, let's get pizza. Like and some weird Archie comics thing. Yeah, but then it, we it, we stay on them and they don't fuck. They talk instead. No, but I was. Rules. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I'm also like, oh, so they're going to fuck on the guy's couch or the couch the guy died on? Like, cool. That's pretty sick. Because everyone yeah. forgotten yeah. about the dead guy couch? Like, well, I don't think that we should kick shit. favorite professor, by the way. It's the only yeah. way Zach can get it up. So really quickly, (laughs) so really quickly, did anybody, okay, so the guy that died on the couch, I don't know why I'm trying to make any rhyme or reason out of this shit, but wasn't he the history professor or was he a literature professor? I like literature. But he kept referencing historical figures. Yeah, I have no idea. He kept being like, you got to live. And uh, what was it? The the dean was all like, man, everybody's seen Dead Poet Society one too many times. So okay. to me, that was really like, oh, this is English and literature. But I don't know. It wasn't yeah. clear to me. And I was only asking because then they mentioned something about them having to go to history class. And I'm like, but didn't that guy just die? And isn't the, like the term over? Like, that's kind of what he implied. Like, you don't go on sabbatical in the middle of a class. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. These teachers, they got real weird schedules. Like one of if them. If you do, the penalty is death. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like fucking like it's a, a final destination situation. Yeah, or like Mortal Kombat. There can be only one professor. <laughs> Enter the zone. Uh, yeah. Then the Christy Car Girl that like popped up for this episode and then never resurfaces again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it becomes the. Uh, the foil of Slater and Alex's relationship. Which, yeah. to be fair, like Alex can do better. Yeah, and By to be way, fair, they're... who knew that these two were even together? Like they've been together this whole season, and there's like no fanfare about it at all. Like they're... she has an ankle tattoo with her name now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's true. And he makes sure. her go to Sylvester Stallone movies with him. You only do that for people that you love. She baked cookies for him. That's also true. Yeah. We That's... were super invested in watching this all. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this Christy girl is played by Amy Dolans, who is uh, wonderful. She's in a movie called Miracle Beach, where she plays a genie. And, uh, she's also I, the daughter of Mickey Dolans. Also true. Monkeys. Oh. Yeah, I love her, and I'm glad that she's in this. Although, uh, it is weird that like they go through all this. Like, There's only one episode left. Like, Why even have Slater and Alex break up at all? It seems like a weird subplot. To Do you have, know when like, they knew they were going to get canceled? I assume that they knew at this point. Because the movie came out like six months later. I mean, well, I guess the movie probably only took like a week to film, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's accurate. So, so one thing I'll say about Slater and Alex's breakup is that it actually was like the most amazingly healthy and mature thing that I think we've ever seen happen on a Saved by the Bell episode like ever. Um. It's maybe a little bullshit that he kind of like went on that date with the blonde girl who was kind of weirdly lurking in the background, like waiting to pounce mm-hmm. on him and steal him <laughs> away from his girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. like sh- shame on her. 
but he went and did the thing being clear the whole time like no no but i got a girlfriend and then like she kissed him and he was like shouldn't do this so like he's he's not blameless but he didn't do anything like the worst and then at the end on the boat when he and alex have that chat and break up like they just sort of agree like hey yeah you know what we don't have that much stuff in common we don't enjoy doing the same things you know how about just let's just agree to stop dating now and then we'll still manage to be friends okay deal where did this emotional health come from what show did i start watching instead of (laughs) saved by the bell right it was definitely a departure from what we would normally anticipate i just want to be like zach look what they're doing that's emotional maturity So I have a couple strong opinions about the semester of sea bullshit that we're about to embark on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they involve okay. fear of sharks like Screech's number one concern is? Oh, I did write a note about that, <laughs> but uh, we'll get to it. I promise. I don't know if the note's actually good. Maybe we won't. Uh, <laughs> so was it two episodes ago? She wants to be a doctor and now she's going on a sea adventure. So semester. Know, sea. Yeah. So I know that like the freshman trope of college students is like, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing, but she's really playing that out hard. So then it mm-hmm. really makes me question later on when they decide to get married, despite the fact that everything is wrong about it because Zach is a horrible human. <laughs> she obviously like makes really quick changes and decisions. Like if you're going to be pre-med, you're not going to go on a semester at sea. Not to mention, when we go back to, like, rich kid issues, we mm-hmm. talked about how Kelly didn't have money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know where she gets the money to go to semester at sea and then quickly drop the entire thing. Because that right. money's gone. <laughs> yeah. so, like, that money's gone on the boat. The average, I, I did check Her this out. Her luggage was still on the boat, yes? They just ran off the boat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Where's so the rest I, of clothes, Kelly? <laughs> right. So I checked the cost of what the program would be today and then backdated it to... 1994 Mm because i like to know these things first of all i didn't even really know this program still existed because i thought it was like for like super bougie people and it is but (laughs) (laughs) that's probably why i'm kind of amazed there's a super bougie thing that you haven't done (laughs) oh shut up like (laughs) so it, it it averages 35 to 40 thousand dollars for four months jesus okay Wow! Ooh, so in nineteen ninety, money that I make in a year. Do you mean that? <laughs> yeah, right. And then in nineteen ninety four, it would have been twenty two thousand seven hundred and sixty two dollars. Okay, I rounded up. It was seven hundred and sixty one dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and so, just last season, Kelly couldn't afford a dress to go to prom in. So I don't know <laughs> where she's getting this kind of money. <laughs> And maybe it's just student loans aplenty. Who knows? But so yeah. she's going to go at the semester at sea. Zach tries to speak for Kelly. And we finally get a little agency from Kelly where she's like, I speak for myself. And I'm like, okay, partial snaps to the girl, maybe. And but, applause in the audience. But yeah, ultimately. Yeah. I was, I mean, the last note I made for this entire episode was I'm so <laughs> disappointed in Kelly for leaving the ship. Right. Um, and then, I mean, I know you guys both, uh, when I say you guys, I mean Frisbee and Parker, we were, fo- we're supposed to be focusing on Zach, but at this point, my anger had hit a point where my notes for Zach are, fuck you, Zach. Fuck <laughs> you again, Zach. What about me? Fuck you, mm. fuck you, fuck you, Zach. Yeah, I, I think in three different places I wrote, oh, look, more of Zach acting like he owns Kelly. 
which is it develops a very stalkery, creepy vibe when he decides to sneak into her dorm room at night mm-hmm. and wake her up and be like, I can't stand the thought of you with another person, Kelly. Yeah, Please life, be mine that's forever. That's what I made my lifetime movie note, honestly, because he wrote, he said to her, we have to be together always. <laughs> the only thing oh, missing yeah. from yeah, that scene was, yeah, the only thing missing from that scene was Zach brandishing a butcher knife in his hand, like against <laughs> yeah. her face, like, you're mine forever, Kelly. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too, is like, as a, like, Frisbee, I can't remember, did you ever live in the dorms? No, I didn't. Okay, up. so I'm like the one person who lived in a dorm. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'll be the so I'll be the test subject. <laughs> Anytime somebody was in my fucking room randomly that I did not know that woke me out from like a deep sleep in any situation, I fucking was not nice about it, and I definitely probably hit them or threw the something at them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there was like, well, there was a huge trend where like people would leave their doors unlocked and people's boyfriends or like friends would show up in the middle of the night and be like, "Hey, party!" And like I was not down with that because like. You're reasonable and a, and a <laughs> rational human being. Yeah, I'm a reasonable, and rational human being. And like, I remember one time I had a roommate my freshman year who was like a year ahead of me. I didn't know her. And like, she clearly like had already pretty much failed out, but was riding the whole like, this is my last quarter. Mm. And she kept bringing people home. And like one, like, this is still when we had corded phones. And, and like, I was in a loft and like I picked up my phone and like threw it at her. <laughs> like the entire <laughs> like corded, like regular fucking ass, like 1999 phone that you would get at like Radio Shack that isn't that light and just wung it at her head because I was so angry that it was three in the morning and she's just showing up having a conversation in my fucking bedroom. Real creepy. Yeah. Real creepy on that part and on Zach's part. And like to point out later on this episode, Kelly has the decency to actually knock and ask if it's okay to come into Zach's room. Mm -hmm. But Zach, this is what I was was pointing out to Parker earlier. Zach has no qualms about just like bursting in, poking his head in when people are having a private conversation, (laughs) sneaking in all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. He's just a manipulative fucking psychopath. And people are totally cool with it and give him the dignity of like, oh, this is your space. Let me. Well, and like, I feel like I don't feel bad for Screech as an overall character. And it's probably because I know Dustin Diamond's a horrible human, but I could see how this (laughs) character made him that. Uh, But like, there's a point where he's trying to convince. Check it in next situation. It really fucking is like, which came first? I don't know. But like, Zach's like, oh, I'll just go on the boat with her. So I'll just convince the one person who will listen to me. And, like, he does, like, two of those, like, hot takes to the camera where he's, like, what's the phrase he uses that's, like, super gross? No-brainer, yeah. I hated that, too. Right, and I'm, like, dude, just let, let, like, fucking Screech experience something without your ass being shoved up his (laughs) because that's kind of how that relationship really rolls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's bad. Anyways, I'm off my soapbox now. Now, So the thing, one of the things that bugged me a ton about this episode and then moving into the next episode, this whole premise that Zach and Kelly are going to get married. And like, so I do agree that this is a terrible idea and they shouldn't get married, but not for the same reasons as the show. Mm. Everybody in the show is like, you're too young to get married because like, what about school and money and where will you live and all this stuff as though marriage comes with like a firm set of rules. We're like, well, you're married now. The law says that you have to go live together off campus and spend a bunch of money. And somebody definitely has to drop out of school to get a job to pay bills. And you're, you're required by law to pop a baby out within two years. Like 
Fuck. Also, yeah. Faux Berkeley would never care about shared housing as mar- with marriage. Like, Very good point. They only yeah. But want like, to get married because that part is important to you. Just get married and then like stay living in the dorms until you know the next school year when you get a different place. Like nobody is holding your feet to the fire or a knife to your head to immediately upend your entire life. Yeah, Parker. Know. They they li- yeah Parker was going to say something. Oh, uh, they yeah they literally live together as it is. Like I don't understand. <laughs> Like it'd be yes. weird if they went to different schools or something, but like they they sleep four feet apart from each other. I don't understand why they have to get a house. No, it makes no sense. But it is. I, it was a common sort of uh, premise or conceit, I think, in <laughs> TV shows of this era, where somebody would sort of get married too young and then have to drop scramble together and scramble to pay bills and all this stuff as though the moment you're married like a cop comes and knocks on the door and is like sorry you're not allowed to keep trying to make your life better yeah i mean i know like 10 years after but like the college that we all went to they had married housing and it didn't matter how old you were if you were married you got to live in it yeah well that's one of those things about this show and especially the high school version where this show about young people is being written by people who are like in their 50s like, because, True. like, yeah, like these Gen Xers who are 19 at this time would not care about having to live with their friends in a dorm room while they were married. I wouldn't no. imagine. Yeah, they would, at least, they would at least finish out the school year there. And then for the next school year, they'd be like, hey, let's try to get a different place. Yeah, if they but... haven't fucked yet, they're just like, at this point, <laughs> just like waiting. God, is there really, do yeah. we really believe they haven't fucked yet? I'm like thinking, real talk. Let's drop all the other stuff in the episode and talk I th- about. Well, it. I think especially really? when it was a morning show canon. Yes, I definitely believe that no one was really fucking. So we think that they all left high school as virgins. I think that's implied. Yeah, I think. Since I think was that's like, like with S- a wink. Even Slater. Yeah, yeah, even Slater, who claims to have taken eighteen girls to prom on one occasion <laughs> in the uh, the wedding episode. At the same I think time. they probably went to an abstinence is best school. Yeah, but we know those don't work. I think yeah. they're supposed to be the case study that proved that they did, though. <laughs> okay. Maybe in California they work. Maybe that's what they're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like, like they... they California, basket of morals. <laughs> yeah. So if you Perfect. all would like to get uh, Rachel and I a present uh, ever, I would mm-hmm. like to have a picture, a screen s- screenshot of... New meaningful friends in the shark. <laughs> okay, and I want a second nail polish rack to put on my wall. Okay, well, her presents are for gifts that are related to this. <laughs> yes, I oh. just I don't know why it just it brought me so much joy that that was the first time I think I legitimately laughed in non like sad dark. This is why I still cry when I see women on TV in a good way mm-hmm. <laughs> um, moments because I was like. Oh wow! Something actually happened funny that was not sexist or racist or homophobic. Yay! Yeah, it was a good joke. <laughs> I enjoyed that one as well. And it's it's weirdly done too because you couldn't. I mean, I guess you could do it today if somebody was given a PowerPoint. But the fact that somebody like busts out a the dean, she busts out a, a slideshow for presenting what the semester at C is going to be like. Uh, and one of the slides as she's introducing is like meet new exciting friends, and it's a picture of a shark coming out of the water. Because mm-hmm. Screech is afraid of that. And Zach has uh, manipulated the the slideshow to freak Screech out. Like at this point, I would probably frame it and give it one of the opportunities to be employee of the month in my office. 
It's good. <laughs> it's a real, it's a fine, fine bit of humor for a show that has been weirdly humorless. Don, you really should, should make it employee of the week just for one week out of the month. Oh, but I'm ah, ah. You see what you did there. All right. Periods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, <coughs> no, I'm uh, joking. Please edit that out. Of course. Uh, our final episode. Uh, wedding Plans, episode 19. While Zach and Kelly make wedding plans, Screech and Slater fight over who will be the best man. That, no, they that, don't. That doesn't happen in this. That does not happen. <laughs> no, Screech insists that he's the best man. Slater does not give a shit. Yeah, for some reason, Slater turns heel real hard and tells Zach and Kelly to just fuck themselves. Well, uh, I didn't get that either. Again, yeah. he's the only one with any sense in his head for We're most like- of this episode. <laughs> We're missing so I, out on like Slater B plots for for real. Like, why is he not brave? Why does he hate Zach all of a sudden? <laughs> he doesn't hate Zach. He thinks they shouldn't get married. And since he disagrees with the life decision, he's not going to be involved in supporting it. Which I, I was think just also like, his yes. parents were divorced, right? Because they married too young. Uh, was he the only divorced kid? I think that's okay. true. Yeah. So I I I you need. If you, <laughs> I have some strong memories apparently about the show. Uh, Parker, if you want to totally edit this out, please do. But just really quick, I know we jumped to the next one, but I did want to just give a shout out to Alex mm-hmm. for uh, and Leslie for their strong single white female references mm-hmm. <laughs> because I use that still to this day as as a way to describe things in life. <laughs> And I know it's super dated, but it brought me joy. So I guess two things brought me joy in this episode. Well, yeah. When they make that reference, I think Slater or Screech, one of the two, says that they don't get the reference. So even at this time, people didn't get that reference. So I respect the fact that you're still using that reference that absolutely (laughs) no one gets. I still get that reference and I still use that reference. And I've never (laughs) seen that movie. Yeah. See, Rachel and I are the same human. Sort of. (laughs) I remember that movie playing on the back screen at Melody 49 uh, when we went to go see whatever other movie was hot at the time, 92, 93. And I kept trying to sneak back to see. Are you talking about about. the drive-in? Yeah, the drive-in. Okay. Over on, um, what is that, Dixie? Uh, Dixie? Isn't it called the Dixie drive-in now? It was Dixie Um, drive-in and Melody 49, wasn't it? Oh, Melody 49 was farther down Dixie. Yeah, there's... Was it? Yeah, there used to be a lot I'm of... I'm not even okay. from Dayton, and I know this, guys. I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> uh, well, it's Dixie Drive-In, is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I'm just teasing. It's I an, don't really know. It's an embarrassment of riches. Dayton used to have, like, 30 <laughs> drive-ins. <laughs> and I forget what the other movie was that we were supposed to be watching, but I kept trying to sneak back glances at single white female but that's my only experience with it i, I know it's like HBO. a person mm. but somebody's trying to like take over somebody else's life yeah it's like uh oh my god what's Challenge mr ripley basically it's um bridget I fonda mean, bridget fonda needs a roommate and puts up like a wanted ad and this girl moves in and then slowly starts like adjusting her life to mimic her life including like to the point where she gets a haircut and dyes her hair and like starts answering her mail for her. And then I think somehow like seduces her boyfriend by being in the dark and like just being like a shadow of her <laughs> and then tries to kill her. So talented, Mr. Ripley. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Well, the other part of this synopsis 
I don't want to. <laughs> I think how we just like change subject cards. Like, well, I don't want to. I don't want this to get about buried. <laughs> but to build off that point that Alex and uh, Leslie are fighting, uh, the the other part is that meanwhile Lisa Turtle stops in for an unexpected visit, prompting another me so fight. Happy. I was me so too. excited. I don't want this to go like unnoticed, so that's why I bring no. it up. Another Lisa, fight with Leslie, sorry. Alex, and Lisa about who will be the maid of honor. Yeah, yeah because Zach being fucking Zach, every every woman apparently in Kelly's life has come to Zach and been like, can I be the maid of honor? Which, why are you asking Zach and not Kelly? And mm-hmm. for every single time, Zach has been like, yeah, okay. Because he's not listening. He's only thinking of himself. He's not listening. Or maybe he's just stupid and doesn't realize that there's only one maid of honor or whatever the fuck reason. And so everybody thinks they're the maid of honor. And they're like, Zach said I could be it. And then Kelly's like, Zach, the bride chooses the maid of honor. And then that's when Zach is like, oh, cool. Your problem then. Washing my hands of it. Have fun cleaning up the mess that I made, Kelly. Bye. That doesn't bode well for your future marriage. No, it doesn't. Also, mm-hmm. apparently I had strong feelings about that last episode, so I need to catch up because my other thing <laughs> I was about to bring up doesn't make any sense now. Uh-oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, okay. Uh, oh, well, sorry. Sorry. I'm just reading. Uh, so you guys can choose to use this or not either in your editing process, but again, it goes back to the last episode. Apparently I had strong feelings that I wrote this and like circled it. So Mm -hmm. when Alex is talking to Slater about breaking up, he's like, I couldn't help myself. She knew about all the spark plugs. And and he says, Manny, Moe, and Jack. Does anybody know who Manny, Moe, and Jack is? Spark plugs? Um, The Pep Boys? It is the Pep Boys. And I thought that was such a weird, obscure reference. It was such a strange, obscure reference for like the audience that would be targeted by this show. I also like to point out that there's like an AC spark plug tin sign with your interest yes. in like the weird stuff around. There's an, one that has AC on it that's in uh, the the boys' side. Yeah. The only reason why I brought this up is because my current client at work is a car industry, and we have to hear about those names like all the time. Manny and Jack, and I hear it all the time, and I was like, what? I don't know. What's the target age for this show? Probably like what? Like 14 to 30? Yes. Um, 30. Yeah. 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 I don't know how many of them are like checking out like and clocking the names of like the pet boys. <laughs> it's definitely not common knowledge. The only reason yeah. I'm aware of it is because there's that parody of them on a, a Simpsons house of yeah. Treehouse of Horror where like mm-hmm. the, all the uh, industry mascots come alive, mm-hmm. like the Lard Lad Donuts. Right. And then, um, yeah, these Pep Boys knockoffs, but the heads are too top heavy because they're gigantic <laughs> Yeah, on these tiny bodies and they fall over and scratch their heads. I remember that. All right. Yeah, I apologize. So. No more. I moved past that episode finally in my notebook. I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. That's a weird reference, though. It really was. Yeah. So for this last episode, the first couple of notes I've got, I've got, oh, my God. Zach is going to try to plan a last minute wedding for eighteen hundred dollars. Does anybody here know how much weddings cost? I know how much. I'll mine give you costs. a hint. It's a lot fucking more than eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Zach is one of those uh, shoot first, 
ask questions yeah. later. So, and then which... the reason they're on this budget is because they each call their parents who don't approve of the wedding. So you've got their parents don't approve. You've got Slater doesn't approve. I think if you're making a life choice and the only person who agrees with you is Screech, you should mm-hmm. think again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, Lisa's into it too, and she's always been the most level-headed person. But I think she's only into. I'm sorry, it. has she? In the high school years, yeah, she was very level-headed. Uh, uh, I mean, she likes to shop. Are you saying shopping yeah. is not level-headed? I, I'm saying that she is enough of a girly girl that she would have bought into the wedding industrial complex and be yeah. blinded by that. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to. Yeah, yeah. She also brings a picture of. A framed photo of Kirk Cameron for uh-huh. Kelly to say goodbye to, which is kind of fucked up when you think about it. You know, what was great here was that when <laughs> Kelly's giving her goodbye speech to Kirk Cameron and talking about how she watched all the episodes of Growing Pains, she specifically mentions that she even watched these socially relevant ones that weren't very funny. You mean like the ones that Saved by the Bell did too? <laughs> oh, yeah, the uh, caffeine yeah. pill episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they also did those. So has anybody watched the Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas movie? No. No, I've just watched his bullshit on YouTube with bananas. So (laughs) if you just like ever need like, I don't know, 87 minutes of your life not spent well, but as an experience, you should definitely (laughs) watch it out explicitly for the breakdancing scene that he participates in. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Just upsold that, didn't I? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, okay, so they go and talk to the dean because the freshmen need permission to live off campus, which I don't feel like is a thing, but uh, whatever. That and um, the dean that happened to uh, my girlfriend, but she went to a religious school, and I think that this is also that supposed to be a religious sense. school. Yeah, is it? That's weird. So once the dean clicks into the fact that you know if get married and live off campus that she won't have Zach around because she's got it out for Zach. She hates him. So she's like, Oh, I get it. I'm going to help them get married. So Zach is gone. And they, the date they want is well booked up for the chapel. So she calls the chapel to be like, I'll get you the date. And it's already booked up for a professor's funeral. So she bumps the funeral, but wasn't there just another professor's funeral uh, a week ago? (laughs) They drop like flies. How many professors <laughs> are dying at this college? And they're all why? realizing how they wasted their lives and dying. College is it Final Destination College? Well, Professor Lasky said that they needed better health care a few episodes ago. I mean, he he wasn't lying. That is true. <laughs> oh my God! Pay. Do you think Professor Lasky is living out of his office? <laughs> Did Professor Lasky die? That's a wonderful point because we don't see him again, do we? We saw him last episode recommending Screech for semester at sea, but we didn't see him this episode. Maybe the sponge bath gave him pneumonia. <gasps> that happens. Well, there's a, I guess, a deleted scene uh, that plays over the credits where Slater tells Lasky that Kelly's getting married to Zach and he does a spit take with his milk. <laughs> so I guess he's still around. He's not dead yet. Oh, oh wow. Still having ulcers, oh. though. From the time he dated so, a girl for a week. They have a, few, they have a dream sequence, though, and it's, like, him coming home to Kelly, who's made, apparently, some, like, four-course dinner, wearing a phenomenal <laughs> dress. And then Zach and Zachariah show up, which I'm just like, mm, that's really not a girl's name. 
Or boys. I thought he said Zacharina. Oh, yeah, it was I wrote weird, down Zachariah, like, so yeah. I was going a little Amish with it. Yeah. It was like a weird George Foreman thing where it's like, right, don't yeah. you have George in the name? Yeah, Zacharina of Time was my favorite Zelda game, by the way. A lot of fun, that. <laughs> Thank you. And then they end up showing up at this, like, crackdown apartment, basically, that stoner dude who's shown up a few times at this point who might have the most continuity of this entire series. Stingray. <laughs> He's yeah. always stoned. And mm-hmm. they decide to rent the place where there's literally a chalk drawing on the floor under a rug. Again, like one of the only funny jokes in this uh, series run, because there's this giant rug and somebody had the foresight to be like, oh, we should use a joke there. If it's like a shitty place, there should be like a, <laughs> a talk outline of a body. And they did it. And yeah, it's it's a very fine joke. Mm hmm. A joke that I'm sure was used on every other sitcom, but still a fine joke. nonetheless. I mean, if we want to talk about good jokes in this episode, I'd like to talk about when the potential maids of honor are arguing about what the bridesmaids dresses should look like. And uh, shit, what was the name of the girl who's not Jesse? Leslie. Uh, (laughs) Leslie. (laughs) Leslie, or as I call her, not Jesse. Uh, somebody tells Leslie that her dress looks like she belongs on the McLaughlin group. <laughs> yeah, she describes it. Leslie describes it as a conservative joke. dress. And topical. <laughs> uh, yeah, conservative, yes. But the McLaughlin group shout out was just like. Okay, I appreciated what? that joke a lot, actually. It's like mm-hmm. this show and Pete and Pete were two like youth centered, youth aimed shows that made look, uh, McLaughlin group uh, references. And Why? Uh, I, they were all the rage with the young kids at the time. This yeah, thing. people loved watching <laughs> watching civil debate with McLaughlin group. Yeah. yeah okay. And then so, something changes Slater's mind. Basically, he decides he likes home repair. Is how I took that. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, "Oh, just get your friends together. We'll get some gallons of paint, and we'll just get some power tools, and we'll be pretty in no time." And I'm like, I, <laughs> I yeah. felt robbed of a montage scene of everybody working on getting that apartment fixed up. Also, like, if Slater, not actual actor, but Slater just wants to come over and fix the shit that's broken now at my house after owning it a year and a half, that would be swell. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mario Lopez can still get it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it is weird that his, like, his entire season arc comes down to just the fact that he loves construction so much that he's now okay with Zach and Kelly ruining their lives with marriage. Yeah, that's the hill that he chose not to die on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'm more confused as ever because this this cop type stripper shows up until I don't even know what that would be called. And then somehow there's handcuffs and there's supposed to be a male stripper and I felt a little cheated on that from a, okay. a cis a cishet perspective that definitely was disappointment. Uh, and then like the minister preacher person, what, what, what is it called when they wear the little thing priest? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Clearly not, uh, down with that, that, uh, level of uh, religion. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what that shit's called. They were, the you thing. know, the rabbi, <laughs> the rabbi light. Uh, so like. You know what? I'm going to say Christian rabbi because uh, I had to watch that clip of Jake Tapper saying Jewish Bible like a hundred times this week. 
So then, like, he's like, oh, call me in 10 years because, like, apparently he just couldn't handle the fact that some college kids at, like, 5 o'clock in a random dorm afternoon were walking around in what would be best described as, like, a jazzercise outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's so deeply just, offended. I did make a note, like, don't they know they can just go to the courthouse? Like, if that he's one minute, if that one... Christian rabbi won't marry you. Dreams, and the wedding of her dreams was with like the dude on campus who runs the Christian synagogue to marry you. Wouldn't you rather have your childhood Christian rabbi who you've like grown up going to Christian synagogue? I'm switching all of these every time. <laughs> Wouldn't you want him to be the one to marry you? I don't know. Yeah, but- it. It's it's extra weird that Kelly's dream wedding. She'll only get married if they can get married at the in the church at the campus at their school. Like who who thinks that way? Who who's like dream wedding yeah. is It's what she's been dreaming of since she was a small child, getting married on her college campus <laughs> yeah. in the Christian synagogue. I haven't had a reason to like call right state in like, I don't know. 15 years, but like, I kind of wanted to call and be like, would you do a wedding on, on campus at our chapel? Because like, I know that was a chapel. I never went to it. I wouldn't even fall for their free pizza scam. <laughs> I had no and idea I, that that was a real thing. That there actually were chapels on campus. One singular chapel. Oh, well, yeah. it, wasn't like, I, it was like in the parking lot across from <laughs> the school of business. Okay. I, I, I imagine it. them being just like a room, like when you're watching it a was a non, or a it movie. It was a non-denominational, like because we went to a state school, so it was non-non-non-denominational, and like they said they they would do any services throughout the week for all the different religions, and supposedly did, but they would always flyer the shit out of our dorms and be like, "Come have pizza and talk to us about religion," and I'm like, mm, "I like pizza, but I don't like religion." You know, when you watch um, something that has a hospital, like if you're watching like while you were sleeping for, or ER and somebody like goes, Very. To, those are my two pulls for hospital <laughs> shows. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so there's always like a chapel in the hospital that's just like a quiet room with some chairs and like uh, a candle and maybe like a small stained glass window and there's mm-hmm. never anybody in it. Yeah, ours was like a 1960s A-frame that was painted green in the woods that kind of looked like it could be like a cult. But I don't mean it in a mean way because of religion. I mean, just because like the building kind of looked weirdly sketchy because it was literally in the middle of the woods (laughs) off like a weird sidewalk that was only half paved. (laughs) Mm. You didn't check (laughs) out completely, but like they offered pizza all the time. And that made me really uncomfortable because I'm like, you know, kids will eat and will listen to anything for food. (laughs) <laughs> if I would have known about it, I would have been there every day. There you go. Uh, I'm sorry. I should have told you, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, what, one thing I also would have liked to see. So we got to see like Zach's sort of fantasy of what married life would be, which is again, like the little kids named after him and Kelly made the beautiful Yeah, why didn't dinner. we get hers? And then the fantasy ends and he's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And she's like, mm-hmm. And you know, she's not. I want to see what hers was. Yeah. 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 I feel like if in the high school days, I feel like they did a lot of that where it was like what Zach was thinking and then what Kelly was thinking. But college years, they got no time for what anybody other than Zach is thinking. Yeah. They got too many sweet 
dead body chalk outline jokes to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wonder if that was where that other professor died. Oh, so, oh man! So I know <laughs> he was murdered. I know that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was saying he was murdered. That poor professor got murdered in that apartment. Mm-hmm. They murdered because they went off campus. That's why they don't let freshmen live off campus because they're so dangerous. <laughs> it's like the Danger. purge. Danger. Yeah. So another part of this, uh, like we talked a little bit about, but all three of the girls like super fight to become the maid of honor, which is like, why would not Leslie or Alex just go, oh, the girl you've been friends with, Lisa, your entire life, just pick her. Like, why are they mean? about this like why would- uh, I mean there's a weird hierarchy I mean like for personal reasons I'll um talk about this since I'm currently married and I had to deal with three bridesmaids that were from different points in my life mm. uh I just made everybody a bridesmaid I didn't give anybody the maid of honor title <laughs> always a bridesmaid never a bride well I looked at it like I was kind of being like post Scrooge like Past best friend, <laughs> current <laughs> best friend, future best friend. Not really, but I am just... the best friend yet to come. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I'm more than know me better, man. Like, I mean, Parker, you remember Kelly? Mm-hmm. I've been friends with Kelly her for like Kelsey? ever. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly Kapowski. I've been friends with her forever. So she was going to be in my wedding, even though I don't see her every day. Mm-hmm. And then I have like my local best friend. And then I have like the guilt best friend. Who was like also in my wedding because her husband was in my wedding on Benjamin's side. Mm-hmm. So there was like one like polite nod to like society standards, and the other two were like, "Yeah, these are like my cool bitches, and they're going to be in my wedding." Yeah, but I totally called that shit. Like, I don't know why those girls were like thinking they had like rights and stuff <laughs> to that because like. I would never assume I was in anyone's wedding. Like if Rachel was getting married tomorrow, I wouldn't be like, so what do you want me to do? I'd be like, do you need me to like make <laughs> oh, you stuff? Like, I that's... want you to plan the whole fucking thing because I can't plan <laughs> shit for shit and you're amazing at it. Yeah, like I would be fine with taking that honor. But like the point is I would never assume that you would like put me in some kind of like role ever. You know what I mean? Like, Spoiler I... alert, by the way. Oh, go- please go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I just don't understand that like – I, I mean, I've seen the petty shit go down. I definitely have as a woman. But, like, I feel like it's a certain type of personality that's based off of some kind of, like, fairy tale trope that I just didn't buy into as a woman. Yeah. Well, I feel like Lisa would not put up with that everybody is a bridesmaid. She doesn't get to be maid of honor. No. Thing. Yeah, that's true. That would not work yeah. for Lisa, no matter what Kelly and- wanted to do. But, see, we also did it where there was no, like, best man. So it was just everyone was, like, hanging out. Yeah, and the, we, the, the fact that they made were the fighting, order by height. They were fighting amongst themselves over it as though the decision was up to them when it's already yeah. been said and made clear that like Kelly gets to choose who her maid of honor is. So that all was If anything, we should have seen a ridiculously chaotic comical scene where they all go to Kelly and they're like, You have to choose. You've got to say which one of us is maid of honor. And then Kelly's like, Hey, yikes. Uh <laughs> yeah. but like instead of giving us that scene, which at least would track with you know, hey, who gets to decide who the maid of honor is? I'll give you a hint. It's the bride. Like, yeah, they well, could have all had a drag out mud wrestle and it wouldn't matter who won. Like, <laughs> Kelly gets to choose. Yeah. Well, Kelly only sort of choose, like, chose who she's marrying. So I feel like maybe that's why <laughs> everybody thinks they can. Yeah. She's not maybe the best at making decisions and sticking uh-uh. to them. 
No. Maybe if uh, one of the potential she basically brides left the like sea org. <laughs> yeah, maybe one of the potential maid of honor is like guilt tripped Kelly heavily into it, like skydive. It's like, well, if I'm not the maid of honor, <laughs> I'm just going to risk my life repeatedly until you care about me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did have then one person who got really mad at me that I didn't put her in my wedding. I guess if we look at how fickle Kelly is, I guess it does make sense that Zach is so absurdly jealous of her ever not being in his physical presence 24-7 because um, she's apparently extraordinarily easily swayed. So maybe Zach's weird dream where that other blonde (laughs) dude is all like, now we are kissing, like would, I guess, maybe happen. I mean, I fully believe that if she was so into marrying somebody, she would have came back from that sea cruise thing married. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep calling it different yeah. variations. I'm going to call it sewer. Yeah. Well, it is easy. She went Scientology for a hot second. <laughs> it's very easy to get married at sea. So, yeah, I feel like Zach knew that International she waters. Yeah. Yeah. Zach... All you got to do is just say you're married. <laughs> Zach knew she would have come back married. Right. And since he couldn't get on it because of his character. Right. Which was great. I mean, okay. So I know I'm coming into this for the last four episodes of the season, but please tell me that previously y'all have taken an some time to just appreciate Holland Taylor. Uh, she only recently shows up within like um, the four episodes previous to the ones. Wasn't it like a mid series? Wasn't it like a mid season write in that they like made her have purpose? She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I love her. Yeah. We we're trying to figure out what else she had been on. Cause she's very recognizable. I just can't recall like some of her more prominent roles. Like I could find Ally McBeal, but I can't remember how or in what capacity this this series at least from the tiny snippet that you had us watch for for this experience kind of reminded me of like what was on the cutting room floor for the pcu movie mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if pcu was like rated g it would be saved by the bell of college years right she was the mom on two and a half men she was in legally blonde that's where uh, I know her from. She's mm. dating. What's her name? What's her name? Help me out here. Don't know. I want to say Sarah Polly. Oh, but... yeah. I think you might be right. No. Yeah? You're talking no. about the girl from uh, American Horror Story. Yes. Laura Paulson. Yes. No, Sarah Paulson. Sarah Fuck, Paulson. We got it. We got there together. She's dating Sarah Paulson. <laughs> We made it. We bridged that. Anyways, she's just very good. Yeah. She was in the practice on her IMDb page now. Yeah. Yeah. I think they introduced her halfway through the season because Mike and Lasky were bad facsimiles of Mr. Belding. So they needed like a real Mr. Belding that equal. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but. So could I ask both you? Oh, that's and right. The Naked the Truth. Question. There was a sitcom mm-hmm. with Taya Leone in the '90s that Holland Taylor was on. But all right, that's anyways. Keep talking. <laughs> I'm done. That was the one I couldn't think of. So Parker and Frisbee, why did you choose mm. this specifically as like a TV show to dissect? Well, well, oh, please a, go ahead, Parker. I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. So I figure, you know. With the great power that comes with having a podcast comes the great responsibility of talking about Saved by the Bell. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Frisbee? Well, I'm not obsessed with it. It was a part of my 
upbringing in that like it was just always on TV. Um, syndication really wore this show out, mm-hmm. whether it be on TBS or its first host of NBC. Um, it seemed like it was always an option when we were in like those pre-internet days where you couldn't just watch anything you wanted. Um, it would be on. It was always there, for better or for worse. <laughs> Till death do you part. Till death do us part. Much like this. I also wanted to backtrack a bit. Uh, as a spoiler for the bridesmaid debacle, um, Lisa is the maid of honor eventually, but those other two who were so hellbent on being in the wedding are not. Alex is not even uh, in the wedding. Alex is watching from the crowd. Leslie is nowhere to be seen. Probably murdered in the Bay Area, <laughs> like so many others. Yeah, I was going to ask mm-hmm. you since uh, Parker, you said you haven't watched the wedding special yet. I have not. No, not since it came on. Okay, so I was like wondering if like we had an inside scoop from Frisbee about everything that went on. Yeah, it is filled with um, shots of people driving. They were does really wedding, just. Does hmm? their wedding actually take place in the chapel on campus? <laughs> no. No, it's uh, in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Well, they plan to get married in Las Vegas. In oh, a, I remember that conversation in the episode because Kelly's like, we could just drive to Reno. And Zach's like, we're not going to drive to Reno and get married. That's terrible. We'll go to Vegas. Like, Yeah. He yeah, describes Reno as tacky. He decides he wants yes. to go to Vegas instead. What did you think of that, Parker? You like Vegas a lot. I like that. Yeah, didn't, you, didn't you get married in Vegas? <laughs> I did. Yeah. The wife was, she wanted to go to Reno. I said, no, that's tacky. We're going to Vegas. <laughs> Were you married by Gilbert Gottfried? Because that's what practically happens in this oh, man. movie. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried is there quite a bit. I wish. Was it just was it just an Elvis or a regular human? It was just regular a regular human Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> if you if you call that being human. Okay. Yeah. I was all, yeah. I also had a regular human. <laughs> but there are Elvis impersonators who want to get married. And actually a very uh forward-thinking female Elvis, which nobody bothers to like call out or be like, hey, that's a problem. But it's like a male Elvis impersonator marrying a female Elvis impersonator. I mean, I feel like it would have been more progressive if they just let two male Elvis impersonators get married. I don't I know if they could back in 94, a though. bit much to ask for in 94, yeah. Yeah. Eh. But yeah, Gilbert Gottfried's in it quite a bit. He's like an indie... Uh, was that show called uh, the Andy Griffith show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that character, the prototype was this guy who had wore a bunch of different hats in the small town he was in. Governor Godfrey owns a bunch of small businesses. So he originally like shows up to hire Screech and Zach as male escorts. All right. You Wait, Zach's language. engaged to be married. Why is he going to be a male escort? I mean, because... that's a side business. It's fine. Yeah. Got to make money it to is... get married. Can we, can we please imagine the extent to which Zach would flip out if somebody showed up and was like, Kelly, I'm going to hire you to be an escort. Yeah. I didn't say the gender quality post-marriage existed in this this realm. It obviously didn't pre-marriage, so. Obviously. Yeah. That would be saved by the bell of the prison years because he would just lose <laughs> his entire mind. And he yeah, does go I to mean... prison. He goes to jail in that episode. <laughs> or in the, the wedding special. That's how he loses his money because the cop will oh. let him out unless he bails him out. Okay, he goes to prison 
at some point is he scared stupid? And also does he what else Save did Ernest write that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has quite a run. Yeah, but okay. they go through all this they encounter jewel thieves. And that's all Slater's fault because he punches one of them out. And then uh, they capture the jewel thieves (laughs) and save that situation. But before they get married, Zach's parents show up. And again, even though they've told him like at the beginning of this entire debacle, like, listen, you're too young to get married. You have your whole life out of you. Maybe after you graduate, whatever. They're like, listen, we want to give you a top tier wedding instead which is an outdoor wedding. Um, it does not look very fancy, to be quite honest. I feel like they could have done better. And Jesse Spano shows up. Ooh. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to watch yep. it. Do, do she and Slater finally like take each other's virginity? At this point, I'm kind of just obsessed <laughs> with like, the fact that all of these characters are theoretically still virgins. I mean, this is just what we're we're hypothesizing. We'd have to probably write somebody to find out, right? Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I, Elizabeth Berkeley probably would be our best bet for somebody who'd give us a straight dope. <laughs> Maybe it's in Screech's book. I'll have to finally read it. Oh shit! Yeah, he did write like what behind the bell or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> behind the bell. Is yeah, but apparently it was mostly game. bullshit. Like stuff just to try to make himself look good and like shitting on everyone else. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. I think we went over some excerpts of uh, some excerpts of it that were just that, like very, uh, very self-important and in poo-pooing everybody else. I just feel like he wasn't involved in much of like the post-filming activities. Where I'd just be hanging out or dating, but oh, I'm nice. picturing just like a tragic, heartbreaking scene where like they wrap up shooting for the day, and like Mark Paul Gossler and um, uh, running out of names, the rest of them are all <laughs> like, Yeah, let's go out for um, pizza, and then like they see Dustin Diamond coming up, and they're like, Oh, shit, hurry, and they just like scram out of there. And he's just like screech voice, like guys, guys, and doesn't get to come along. I think that exact That's kind of like the Lifetime movie. Yeah, I think that exact yeah, scene happens in the Lifetime the movie. Mark Paul Gosler, you have Mario you have Lopez. Mario Lopez. You have Lark Voorhees. You have mm-hmm. Elizabeth Berkeley, and uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yep, I did it. It's that's even harder than naming all the dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> I know from like I know from Good Morning Miss Bliss to Say by the Bell, I think he puts a lot of the blame on like Mario Lopez coming in and and upping the hunk factor to uh two, I guess. So Zach <laughs> to eleven. So Hunk to 11. Factor Two. <laughs> <laughs> hunk Factor Two. Another good yeah. 90s movie. I imagine alarms I going TV off. Show, it was called Hunk Force Five. Because <laughs> there were five of us. One, two, three, four, five. And we were hunks. <laughs> we were all hunks. Yeah, well, with that, that brings us to the end of Saved by the Bell forever. Until one day we talk about the movie, I guess. But uh, yeah, so thank you guys for coming on. This was a fun one. Thanks, Thanks for both. having us. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Indeed. I hope we didn't talk too much. No, not at all. Thanks for. Uh, I put- hope we talked so much. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with these awful episodes that had no context for you at all. Oh, uh, we've watched worse. <laughs> yeah. At least I have. I mean, I watched all of the Crow movies the weekend before last, so I'm in no position to judge. That I like that one with <laughs> David Boreanaz. That's a great one. That's the second best one. Mm-hmm. Holy moly, it was so much better than I expected. It's so weird and good. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the worst. And it was, other than the first one, which is legitimately good, it was actually the next best. Yeah, I would agree. Which one is that? City of Wicked Angels? Or? Wicked, Wicked <laughs> Yeah. If, see, if you're rating all the Crow movies from best to worst, it goes Crow 1, Crow 4, Crow 3, Crow 2. Well, 2 okay. and 3 are almost like the same, but 1 and then 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One day I'll watch one of them. Watch the first one, and then okay. watch the fourth one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on my list of things to do when I'm on vacation next week. Ooh, that's right. Uh, another thing you could do while on vacation is uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash fullpartyradio, and, uh, or not, because this is the last episode. So, uh, so yeah, so until never, this is Parker for Don and Rachel and Frisbee saying thanks for having fun. Bye.
It's never over.